All opinions expressed on this podcast are solely our current opinions. And do not reflect the opinions of any companies or persons referred to on our show. Listener. Beware. You're in. For a scare. <laughs> Welcome back to Let's Shoot the Shit, where we shoot the shit, cry a little bit, and, and get, get lit. lit. Welcome right. back to our Halloween special. Yes. Halloween. Halloween Today we special. have Halloween me, special. Misty, and PJ, and Tristan. Ooh. And it's going to get spooky as fuck. Spoopy. Spoopy and creppy. Absolutely. Creppy. <laughs> creppy. I'm very ready. So today we are drinking um, a drink that Jill made us. <laughs> And it is apple cider with vodka. That's Bruh, like this shit it, is hitting hard. That's my seasonal drink of choice. Oh, vodka. So it's pretty dang good. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we're gonna start with ghost stories, right? Yeah. Do we want to talk about our weeks though? Because I did write some stuff down. Yes, you I wrote would love stuff. to talk about my week. Um, <laughs> have you seen my labeled journal? <laughs> no, they can't see it on the podcast. Okay. Well, I did write things down. Um, about your week? Yes. Do you guys want to start? No, no, no. You go ahead. Okay. <laughs> right? All right. Well, I guess I can go ahead and start to vent because that's apparently what I do every time. (laughs) So I had a customer tell me. (laughs) All right. I had a customer tell me to never use hand sanitizer again because it will cause a miscarriage. (laughs) And when I tell you I squirted five squirts of hand sanitizer into my hand. I was like, what the fuck? He was saying that it would fuck with my hormones and that I could never have a child. And I was like, wow. Wait, it was a guy? Yeah. Don't you love it when men tell you what happens in your own fucking body as a woman? It's a great time. (laughs) Love that. Oh, and then, okay. Can we talk about toxic masculinity for a second? Toxic masculinity. (laughs) This is a spooky ass (laughs) subject. Honestly, the scariest part of this Halloween season is toxic masculinity. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, you know those, like, manly guys that... They're just, like, they have, like, an air about them. Like, they approach you and they're, like, they're just, like, super, like, I don't give a fuck, you know? Yeah. Well, this guy came up to me and he literally, like, pushed his cart towards me. He's, like, here's my stuff. And then I caught it. And he, he, I, like, put his stuff on the counter for him. Like, he wanted me to do it for him. And I was, like, well, this is, I guess I can't get fired today, so sure. So I was, like, putting it on the counter and, you know... I didn't even ask him his account, and he just was like, Johnson, like his last name. I love it when people, like, yell their numbers or, yeah. like, last know, names right? at you so without awful. you even needing to ask. And then, at the end, he was like, aren't you sick of that mask? And I was like, no, I actually kind of like it. And he goes, well, good for you. <laughs> and I was like, I have never wanted to hurt a human being so much as in this moment. <laughs> but anyways that was everything that happened to me that was memorable misty how was your week um thanks co-host pj <laughs> it was fine um i have no idea how my week was that's did you already forget it yes and that's on ptsd <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry. <laughs> I'm kind of drunk already. Oh my but, god, okay. <laughs> I literally cannot breathe right now. Okay. Because <laughs> I've already forgotten everything from last week. I remember. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, okay. Um... I'm actually trying to remember something that happened to me this week. Um, well, I hurt myself several times. <laughs> we love a good hurting ourselves moment. I literally am the most clumsy person on earth. Like, I swear to fucking God, it's ridiculous. Like, I ran into the refrigerator at work <laughs> with my knee, all of my force, <laughs> and it fucking hurts. The one at work? Oh my God. Yes. Were you, like, speed walking? No, I just wasn't looking. <laughs> At least you weren't speed walking I because just... I've done that before and it is not a good time. <laughs> speed walking is not a good time. Yeah. No, it's I've not. speed walked. You know, like the things that hold the chopsticks, like how they're like sticking out into the aisle. I've speed walked my arm into it and it like cut my entire arm open and I had to put like a bandaid on for a couple days and it was a mess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, la- like, this past Sunday was pretty cool. I went to the gym with Victoria and Tristan. Hell yeah. And we, uh, boxed. Sounds fun. I'm ready to fight Joel. I mean, other than that, I don't remember shit. All right. <laughs> that was I mean, I remember things. the gym, and I thought it was a, a, a great old time, you know? What's it like to remember stuff? I just like working <laughs> with people. <laughs> I just like really working out with my friends. That's really fun. My week was great, everybody. Thanks for asking. We were waiting for you to tell it. <laughs> Hell yes. Don't pull a Misty, okay? I can pull a Misty if I want to. Don't fucking tell Anyways, me Anyways, my, my week was great because I got to spend most of it with my new boyfriend. Yeah. Who's sitting right next to me right here. Yeah, I'm just real. <laughs> Basically guys, all week we long. are in the room. Yeah. Don't. I'm not getting into any. Pretty inseparable. Don't murder me on my own podcast. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I had a pretty good week. I, you know, I just got to be able to spend time with someone that I actually really care about and somebody that actually cares about me, which feels nice for a change because nobody loves me. Oh my uh, God. No. Except for me. Aw. I love you too, PJ. I was staring at you. I was waiting for him. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this bitch better say it too. <laughs> Oh my god. How was You're such a Libra, I can't. How was your week, Tristan? You're such a I mean Virgo. I mean, uh I got to spend it with PJ and I've had a, a really great a really great week. I got a lot of designs done as far as art goes. I'm working on your guys' uh, Facebook cover photo. Uh are you still doing right the dragon? Now. I am doing the dragon. Are but, you also um, working on Jello Shot Misty? I can also sketch. Uh, I actually have I can an also idea of what it would look like in my head, so I kind of want to tell you about it. Cause... Then um, just give me like a rough uh, okay. outline drawing of it for me. Okay. It's not unusual. It's going to be shitty as fuck. So. No, but no, it'll, it's fine. I'll have to label everything. It's fine. You can <laughs> tell what it is. Totally. Any, any little amount will help. And, you know, like I'm... Just, I'm a little more the shy and reserved type uh, than PJ is, so I think we form a nice little uh, juxtaposition. We have a very dichotomous relationship, I, I feel, in the best way, you know? Yes. 
We, uh, we, we are obsessed with you guys. Like, we are literally screaming internally well, as you're talking about dating right now. We are pretty fucking cute, I will say. We're, I we know. Are, we're we pretty know. fucking adorable. Like, We've known for a long time. time. One, one cannot deny. <laughs> yeah. The simple fact. It's uh, kind of overwhelming, honestly. Yeah, it is. So I guess we can start with ghost stories. Because me and PJ yes. have literally shared a couple. <laughs> So I feel like we should go perhaps like in a circle and tell our ghost stories, you know, and then kind of like talk about it at the end. So like each person can just get their whole story out. And then do you not have any type of like ghost experience ever? Like, um, ever happened to you? no, not really. No, honestly. Well, that's the, why I wanted to start with me because yeah. PJ was there for a couple of them. Okay. You know? So we'll so, start there and then we'll just go around. And then right PJ on. can, you know, go and then Tristan. And Although then I will go. say, I do think you'll like what I have prepared. It is quite, quite a spooky doozy. Yes. I'm Absolutely. excited for that. <laughs> and I do want to talk about sciencey, boring things All as right. well. So I took notes. So. <clears throat> Misty. Okay. So <clears throat> I guess one of the, the very first. Uh, interactions I've ever had with like the spiritual realm is uh, whenever me and PJ were kids uh, the first move uh, the first house that we moved into uh, was like heavily haunted uh, just by this one uh, very almost demonic spirit like it, I don't think it was a demon, but I think that it was just a very heavy presence. It was definitely a malevolent spirit. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, I, I specifically never received, like, anything bad coming from it, except the energies that it was putting off. Well, I think it was a, res a residual haunting, because it would do the same thing at a certain time of night, over and over, and, like, it just had this weight on the house... Um, and it was a previously owned house, so we don't really know the history of it. So I don't, like, we don't really know if anyone died there or, or if there was just, like, a lot of residual energy from the previous owners. Um, which, which is, like, a little bit different than believing in an actual, literal, like, human being being a ghost. Uh, res residual hauntings are more of an energy imprint from uh, other living things that uh, cause uh, negative things to happen. Uh, so basically, whenever me and PJ were kids, um, our parents basically never were able to like keep us from sleeping in the same room because we were so terrified of like sleeping alone. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, certain times where I would, like, sleep out in the hallway just so that I could be close to his room so that I could, like, at least see or hear him, you know, if something woke me up. And it's funny because uh, the way that the house was set up in our rooms, uh, it was, like, this long hallway. On one end was my room, on the other was PJ's. And right in the middle, there was a bathroom. So... I think that the spirit or whatever it was mainly resided in the bathroom area, which is why we experienced so much of the uh, negative energies and the experiences that we had with it. Most of your experiences with it were in the bathroom? 
<clears throat> no, well, like, your rooms it, were next to the bathroom. Yeah, so it was just kind of like mainly in that part of the house where we slept. So basically every night around the same time, uh, me or PJ, uh, if he was in my room with me, we would get awoken to a very tall, dark figure standing in my doorway. The bathroom light would be on, like no matter if we had turned it off or on, and it would just like kind of create this glow behind the dark figure. So it was pretty easy to see because there was a light right there behind it, with, like in the bathroom. And I don't really know, like, because I was, you know, kind of young. I was, I think, around 10 at the time. Um, I don't really know if it was for a long period of time that it stood there. But all I really know is that every time I had been awoken by the feeling of someone staring at me and I noticed it and it felt my fear it would instantly like rush into the bathroom close the door behind it and turn off the light and this happened like several times whenever um I was a kid and um and PJ was there for one of them. Yeah, I, I only I only specifically remember one of them, uh, and it was it was it was pretty intense. I mean, I I we she came into my room. I the specific night I remember, she came into my room saying like, "Hey, I'm scared. Like, can you come sleep in my bed with me?" I, you know me, uh, like seven years old, three in the morning. I was like, "Yeah, it's fine. You know, I'm tired of shit." So I, you know, I walked to her room and we we uh, laid in her bed for a little bit, and uh, all of a sudden I just saw the really really tall uh, figure just stand right at her door doorway, and uh, you know I wasn't sure if she noticed it because this is the first time that I ever seen it, and I asked her I was like, do you see that standing there? And she was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, oh my gosh. And uh, it actually started uh, coming a little towards us. And that's how I could really tell that it wasn't like an actual like person because the shadow just itself was coming towards us. And I think once it noticed that we were noticing it, it had just bolted out of the room and went into the bathroom, shut the light off, you know, did that whole thing. Mm -hmm. it's, it was, it was, a, it was wow. a heavy experience, and we didn't even find out until years after we had, you know, like, after we had moved out of that house that our mother actually had to get the place blessed by a priest um, because it was so bad that, like, even she had, like, like so so many like uh, bad feelings and like you know basically all of the boxes were checked when it came to a haunting <laughs> that's interesting that you said that you thought it was a demonic presence but then it like ran from you that's really weird yeah that's why I think that it was some type of residual negative energy mm -hmm. um, it it's even possible that you know, I, I believe that if I researched that house, that probably someone either died or there was some type of like ritualistic type stuff going on in secret there because there's like, there's no way that something that dark could come out of 
just a person dying there. So I think it was some type of built up energy. Um, Either that or they, I guess, zoned the wrong area, you know? Um, it, it, it interests me to research it a little bit more, but that was one of the main, like, things that threw me into being a little clairvoyant and sensitive to that type of realm. Because even throughout my teenage years, like, like, the house that we moved into after that, um, was almost a doorway. Like, a spiritual highway is what I like to call it. Yeah, like... <clears throat> it was like non-malicious spirits, like just passing through, wanting to see the living pretty much for yeah. like one last time. And I'm pretty sure the bathroom that was right next to her bedroom was like the doorway itself. Yeah, I, it, was, <laughs> it was actually pretty scary there for a while after um, we moved in because like almost every single time I was in that bathroom, like out of the corner of my eye, I would see a shadow or like some type of movement behind me or in the mirror behind me and it like scared the living shit out of me because there was this one time uh, where I was in the bathroom, I was just like looking in the mirror, like brushing my teeth or something like that and like out of nowhere, I just see this like white cloud uh, hanging above the doorway, just like zoop past me. <laughs> Wait, zoop. <laughs> like it was, it was fucking scary. And like I was a little bit older, like I was like maybe fourteen or fifteen. So, you know, it's it's a pretty recent memory. It was it wasn't like I was like a five year old kid with a broad imagination. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that was only like seven years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think another time was uh, whenever we first moved into that house and uh, me, me and PJ were having a sleepover in my room and we, I don't know if we had already gone to sleep or if we had been woken up by a noise. Um, do you remember that night that uh, we saw that shadow in my room that just like basically walked in front of us yeah and like that was also where uh we saw our family ghost (sighs) if you want to go into that pj i would actually love to go into more detail about that because i actually had uh within the past few months come into contact with her again Uh, and uh well, just a just a little backstory. Uh, almost every person in uh, our family, at least on my mom's side, uh, my uh, cousin Tanya, or our cousin Tanya, uh, our mom, uh, even our little sister sometimes uh, would see or dream about this uh, really young girl with jet black hair. And uh, the face kind of depended on uh, each one of us. I normally didn't see a face. Her face was usually covered uh, with Misty. She had like jet black eyes and like, you know, just like a very sultry face. Um, But uh, 
yeah, I mean, a lot of us have just, like, seen her out of the corner of our eye or heard her talking. I'm pretty sure I remember Misty saying that she's actually, like, spoken to her. Yeah. Like... I was pretty young then, too, so... Um, I think for a while she might have been one of my imaginary friends. Yeah. Like, uh, whenever we moved into the house after the heavy haunting... Uh, with the doorway. I had seen her in a window while we were driving away in the house and like I told our mom while we were in the car and she like freaked out because that was probably the first time I told her about it and our mother has also seen the spirit mm -hmm. um, so we're we're kind of thinking that maybe it's like a little girl or a young girl that has stuck with uh, our bloodline. See, I have actually, uh, like I said, uh, recently come into contact with her a little bit more and I asked her a few questions because uh, I had just bought myself a, a pendulum. You know, I was really feeling my energies in it and stuff like that and I was, uh, you know, I was just getting in touch with the spirit world and, uh, you know, just asking my spirit guide basic questions, you know, uh, and then all of a sudden I just started feeling this, like, really bad energy over me, and I remember every time that I would, you know, think about the little girl, feel her, hear her, uh, see her, I would just feel that feeling, and whenever I just all of a sudden felt that feeling again after, you know, messing with my pendulum a little bit, I decided to, you know, uh, ask questions to the spirit other than <laughs> my spirit guide. And uh, turns out uh, she is actually uh, uh, pretty much like the family spirit guide. She's like the one that's like watching over us and stuff like that. Um, but when she gets upset, that's what actually uh, I think causes me to have a lot of anxiety a lot of the time. It's just that kind of uh, energy around me. She said that she's not a malicious spirit, but she's also not like a good spirit. She's just there to, you know, be there. And I think that she likes to mess with me a lot too. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that because, like, sometimes I'll come home and shit will literally disappear off the face of the earth. And I know <laughs> where everything is in my house. Mm -hmm. So, like, sometimes I'm like, is it the fae? Is it the family <laughs> ghost? <laughs> Bitch, I don't fucking know. The it could be a be fucking... your shit. Yes, like, they just want my next born child. I want like, a family ghost. This seems dope. <laughs> like... Just like shared experience for between everybody in the family. This sounds Ooh. awesome. Oh my God. It's it's crazy to us too because we know that we're not imagining it because our little sister a few years ago um, went to a mystic shop around here and met with a palm reader and her uh, little sister. Yes. Mm -hmm. She like brought Louise. Is she wait what? We okay, so we had never even like told her about this ghost, yeah. the, like family ghost or whatever, because she's young and you know we yeah. didn't want to like scare her or anything. Yeah, because she's pretty sensitive to scary things. Yeah. So we, you know, like she, I don't think she's really even seen any horror movies like we did no. when we were her age. She is, so, she hasn't yeah. seen any Cause she like, she like, well, how old is she? She's eleven. Oh, okay, yeah. But um. 
I think you know a little bit better about what happened with her and the palm reader. Um, well, uh, her and my mom decided to go up there. I think my mom was just wanting to look around at the stuff because they have some pretty nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the palm reader was there, and apparently the palm reader just felt really good energy is coming off of my little sister and just wanted to talk to her. And uh, all of a sudden, Bella had uh, mentioned something about the little girl with the black hair. And like I said, we none of us in the family have ever told her like about her or like talked about her around her or anything like that. So it was just a really big shock to, you know, and just... It just makes you really feel like you're not like mm-hmm. imagining it's like validating. it. Yeah, it's yeah. really validating it, especially when you know that you haven't talked to them, them about you know that, but they have shared a, the like, same experience. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, we experienced her. Uh, like each of us have experienced her throughout our lives during difficult mm-hmm. times. Um, so I think she's kind of a reminder to us when she does show up to connect to that spiritual side that is very common in our family. Uh, like one of our great aunts was actually, uh, a non, uh, claiming witch. Like we would go to conventions where she would do tarot cards and, uh, like there would be belly dancers there. It was kind of like a gypsy like show. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, cool. and we have like like a lot of Slavic uh, blood in us. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was some type of you know clairvoyant like ancestors on our on both sides, if not mostly our mothers. Yeah. <laughs> so that's our stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was cool. Those are really good stories. Mm-hmm. You got family ghosts. You got uh, shadow demon people. Yeah. Um, was the shadow person wearing a hat? No. Okay. Well, that's something that I've no. <laughs> no just that's something that I've heard is very common among the yeah. shadow people experiences that the person is wearing a hat. Just a tall, so dark figure, as like literally the like, height of the door frame. Like with no clothes, like literally just a figure. Right? Yeah. Like no, like it was literally just like a head and shoulders and darkness. Yeah. Like you didn't see legs. It was yeah. just like a cloak of darkness with a head. Yeah. It 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 Spooky terrified shit. us as children. Like I know that it was valid because you know not only me but PJ also experienced it. Literally and, in the same moment. And our mother like fucking bless the house because of it like there's no real rational explanation for that type of I fucking lost the word for it experience no like connection Hmm. like like I don't know how you would explain that away with science but here we go Jill (laughs) I feel like y'all are gonna hate me (laughs) I uh, I already do (laughs) (laughs) I told her yes to stop don't cry I told her yesterday, I was like, we gonna fight on the podcast about this bitch. <laughs> well, maybe I should go last. You want to go last? Do you want to go next, Kristen, with okay. your story to break the... This is a true story. Divide. This. This is a true story. I'm going to kill you <laughs> over and over and over. And it's going to be a spectacular <clears throat> Halloween episode. <laughs> Spooks. 
come in many forms. You don't have to be that close to the microphone. <laughs> I feel like it's. The audio I just feel like it's too Tristan, soft. Stop. Also, I'm comfortable. Okay, I'm comfortable right here. I don't care where you're comfortable. I swear to God, what am I supposed to do? Closer to the microphone. Well, okay, well, how am I supposed to sit? Um, just that's fine. Sit however you want. Straight up. Just look at the audio. See how it's spiking to full max. I just volume. feel like it's not that. That'll loud. hurt listeners. I think ears. you're gonna be fine. I remember, like the last episode. Well, the last one you were on, your voice was like loud, like it carried. So I yeah. think you're gonna be fine. I feel like I'm not as qua- or certainly not as loud this time. But all right. No, you well, naturally girl, have a loud voice. I don't feel- <laughs> I've been told the exact opposite. Thank you, Misty. Okay. For playing with my emotions. Alright. Get your story, bitch! (laughs) Spooks! Come in many forms. They can be music, movies, video games. But what happens when the spooks are too close to home? (laughs) (laughs) What happens when the spooks come from a loved one? This is the story of John List, the man who murdered his family and ostensibly got away with it. Do you no, know? Do you know John List? Do I know him personally? No. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. When you said from a loved one, I was like, wait, is this like a family member? No, no, right? no, no. But that's what the story. That that's what the story entails. We okay, bring in family ghosts and family serial murderers. November, <laughs> n- November ninth, nineteen seventy one, Westfield, New Jersey. 46-year-old accountant John List woke up with his children, Frederick, John Jr., and Patricia, aged 13 to 16. Just like he did every morning, he sat with them while they ate their breakfast, being careful not to do anything that might make them suspicious. The whole point of his plan, which which he had been working on for months, was that his family wouldn't suffer. Things had always been strained in the List family, at least to John. He had met Helen, who was a widow, after college. Soon after they began dating, she told them she was pregnant. So John, a devout Lutheran, agreed to marry her. However, after the wedding, she revealed she had not been pregnant after all. John felt, rightly, that he had been tricked. But his religious beliefs would not allow him to break his marriage vows. And while Helen might not have been pregnant before they were married, she wasted no time in getting that way. Within four years, Helen and John had three children. Jesus Christ, this pull put, out, man. This put immense pressure on John to provide for his family, but he couldn't seem to hold down a job. While the quality of his work was never an issue, he was meticulous and hardworking. He was often let go because he just rubbed his bosses or co-workers the wrong way. Something about John List was off-putting in a way that was hard to pin down. So when he landed a job as a vice president of a bank in New Jersey, it seemed their problems were over. Helen insisted that John purchase her dream home, a sprawling 19-room mansion named Breeze Knoll. That was the most expensive house in the most expensive part of town. They couldn't really afford such an extravagant place, but rather than risk a confrontation, John went to his mother, Alma, to ask for a loan. While John's late father had been the more traditional, distant type. John and his mother were always close. Friends said Alma doted on her only child, so she lent him the money he needed, and in exchange, she got to live in a self-contained apartment on the third floor of the mansion. That had been six years ago. Since then, everything had gone downhill. 
In less than a year, he was fired from the bank job, again due to personality clashes. Rather than tell his family what had happened and admit failure, he continued to get dressed and go to a work every day. He would drive to the train station, ride at a few stops, get off, and return on a different train. He did eventually find another low-paying job, which he also lost, and another, and another. His income was not keeping pace with his expenses, and he had begun skimming money from his mother's accounts. By 1971, he was bankrupt. This presented a deep moral crisis for the devout Lutheran, who believed that poverty itself was a sin. On top of that, he had three teenagers who were, in his mind, turning more toward the sinful culture of 1970s America. He was particularly worried about Patricia. She had expressed a desire to go into acting, which John believed was an especially corrupt profession. There were even rumors that she, that she was dabbling in witchcraft and experimenting with marijuana. Oh shit! The mm. devil's lettuce! <laughs> but that was not even the worst thing tearing the List family apart. Helen's health was deteriorating rapidly thanks to a terrible secret she had hidden from John for years. Mm -hmm. Not long after they moved to New Jersey, she began experiencing blackouts and falling down. The vision in her right eye was going. She was drinking heavily and had become dependent on tranquilizers. In the year of 1968-69, tests re revealed that she had tertiary syphilis, which she had contracted from her first husband. Oh, Helen sounds right? lit. To make matters <laughs> she worse, she sounds like that bitch you want to party with. John bro. probably has it too, though. To make matters worse, Helen, either from embarrassment or mental in mental instability, had stopped going to church. Oh shit! John had been silently churning all of this around in his mind for months. Going bankrupt was inevitable. However, this would put his family in poverty, dependent on charity and welfare—a completely unacceptable option, according to John. He had considered taking his own life. But in his religion, suicide was the one unforgivable sin. As much as he resented his family for the burden they placed on him, he did, in his way, love them. He wanted to know that he would at least have a chance at seeing them again on the other side. He was determined that there was only one way to save his family from the humiliation and the sinfulness of poverty. Much like he did everything in his life, he had worked out a plan in meticulous detail. Once the children left for school, Helen woke up and came downstairs for a customary morning coffee. John made a little chit-chat with her, then came up behind her with a with the 9mm Steyr automatic pistol his father had given him. He shot her once in the side of the head, killing her instantly. He placed her body on a sleeping bag and dragged her into the grand ballroom where he laid her out beneath the stand, stained glass ceiling. Then he went upstairs to his 84-year-old mother's apartment. Let me sip of my drink. Oh, drink. Drink. I went everywhere. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> then he went upstairs to his 84-year-old mother's apartment. Alma was fixing her own breakfast. John, feeling like a Judas, gave her a kiss. She asked him about the noise she had heard downstairs. John gave a vague non-answer. He then put the gun to her left temple and pulled the trigger. Jesus fucking Christ. Her body was too heavy for him to drag all the way to the ballroom, so he tossed a towel over her face and left her on the floor where she had fallen. Back downstairs, he cleaned up the surprising amounts of blood in the kitchen. Then he proceeded with the next steps of his dark plan. He wrote letters and made phone calls to the kids' teachers, his boss, and others, stating the family had to leave to go to tend to a sick relative in North Carolina. Then he went to the post office to mail the letters and stop mail delivery. 
He arranged to stop their milk and newspaper deliveries as well. Finally, he dropped by the bank and cashed in his mother's $2,000 savings bond. Back at Bree's Knoll Mansion, he made himself a sandwich and waited for his children to come home. Patricia was the first. She called and told her father she was feeling ill, so John picked her up from school early. Once they were inside, John shot her in the jaw with his antique twenty-two pistol, a souvenir he had kept from his time in the war. He then dragged her body into the ballroom and laid her out near her mother. How old was she? She was 16. Wow. Next home was Fred, who I believe is 13. Wow. Uh, John shot him the same way he had the others and laid his body out next to Patricia. John Jr. had a soccer game after school that day. John Sr. drove to the field and watched him play and then gave him a ride home. Once inside the kitchen, John Sr. shot him in the back of the head. But unlike the other members of the List family who dropped instantly, John Jr. struggled. John Sr. shot him nine more times before dragging him into the ballroom with the rest of his family. How old was he? Fifteen. He then said a prayer from the Lutheran hymnal over their bodies. John cleaned up the blood as best he could, then sat down at the table and ate dinner. When he was done, he washed his dishes and set them to dry in the drainer. He went to bed and slept, as he later admitted, better than he had in years. Wow, what a piece mm. of fucking shit. <laughs> Shall I go on? Yes. The next morning, he turned down the AC to preserve the bodies. He turned on every light in the house and turned the radio on to his favorite classical station, hoping a trick any would-be intruders into thinking there were people in the home. He then sat down and penned a five-page confession letter to his pastor. Finally, he searched out every family picture in the house and cut his image out of them. Then, John Emil List walked out the door and locked it behind him. He drove to JFK International Airport, dropped his car off, and took a bus back into the city. From there, he took a train to Denver. There, he applied for a, for a social, social security card, fuck me, <laughs> under the name of Robert Peter Clark. He got a job as a short order cook and started his new life. Meanwhile, Breeze Knoll sat still, empty of all life. As the weeks passed, the lights began to burn out one by one, leaving the mansion dark, only the sound of classical music playing over the speakers. Because the lists were so reclusive, it took nearly a month before anyone started asking questions. By the first week of December, Patricia's drama teacher was concerned about her prolonged absence. He said he couldn't shake the feeling that something was terribly wrong at the List home. He found John List to be a strange man, but it was something that Patricia had confided in him earlier that worried him. She had told him that she was worried her father was going to kill the whole family. The drama teacher convinced another teacher to go with him to the List home to check on them. Seeing strange people walking around the house and peering in the windows in the dark, some neighbors called the police. Officers George Zesselnick and Charles Haller were first to arrive. The officers knocked and looked through the windows but couldn't find anything out of place. At the neighbor's urging, they found an unlocked window and climbed through. The house was almost entirely dark, except for a single upstairs light that threw long shadows over everything. The air inside was frigid and, creepiest of all, haunting, funereal music was playing throughout the whole house. Wow. Following their flashlights through the cold, empty home, they came to a set of curtains partitioning off the ballroom. As soon as the officers parted the curtains, they were hit with the smell of human decomposition. Inside, neatly laid out on sleeping bags on the floor, were the bodies of Helen, Patricia, Frederick, and John Jr. Upon searching the rest of the house, they found John's confession letter and the guns he had used to kill them. 
Following the instructions in the letter, they found Alma's body upstairs. They immediately put out a nationwide APB for List. Soon, they found his car parked at John F. F. Kennedy Airport, but could find no record of his taking a flight. There were no more leads, no clues as to where List might have gone. John List was in the wind. The following August, the List home caught fire in what was widely believed to be an arson. Afterwards, it was discovered that the stained glass ceiling in the ballroom was signed by, by uh, Louis Comfort Timpany, making it worth upwards of $100,000, enough to have solved all of the list money problems with plenty left over. Wow. Over the years, the police followed up on every tip, sighting, and lead, but they all led nowhere. The police and press did their best to keep the case in the public eye, publishing and broadcasting the story on every significant anniversary, the first, the third, the fifth, the tenth, they even tried to get the case featured on Unsolved Mysteries to no avail. By, 18, by 1989, the List case was nearly 18 years cold. Another TV show called America's Most Wanted had been on the air for a little over a year and was already a hit for the Fox Network. Captain F- uh, Frank Moranka of the Union County Prosecutor's Office thought this would be the perfect vehicle to get the List case out to a wider audience and hopefully bring John List to justice. However, the show was initially turned them. The show had initially turned them down. The case was too old, too cold. Until John Walsh caught wind of the case. Some of you may only know Walsh as a true crime TV host who occasionally uh, opines on Twitter, but Walsh got his start in the true crime TV hosting AMW in 1988, thanks to his victims' rights advocacy following the murder of his six-year-old son Adam. Walsh understandably had some pretty strong feelings about List. He called him a son of a bitch, a coward, and a child killer. Walsh was determined to bring List to justice, but they needed an, an image of him as he would have looked in 1989. So Walsh called on forensic sculptor Frank Bender to create an age-progressed bust of List. In addition to using the standard facial reconstruction, reconstruction measures measurements that most foreign anthropologists use, that... Fuck me. Let me just restart that fucking paragraph. There's a lot of tongue twisters in that one. And also, they're being, like, uh, is it going to, like, go through the thing? Oh, yeah. Connor, for yeah. sure. Okay. All right. Well, it's 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 part of the aesthetic. Yeah. It, it, creepy, it just... A creepy child laughing. <laughs> yeah. Gray for a I know. That's special. exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> So Walsh called on forensic sculptor Frank Bender to create an age-progressed bust of List. In addition to using the standard facial reconstruction measurements that most forensic anthropologists use, he also reached out to forensic psychologist Richard Walter to get a detailed psychological profile of List. He also looked at pictures of List's parents to see how their faces had aged. Using all that information, along with his own intuition, he created a bust of what List, now in his 60s, would look like. Just totally from very little information, created a bust out of this dude's face of what he will probably look like. Nice. But it would not be complete without his glasses. Knowing List's personality, Bender scoured thrift stores to find just the right frames that someone like List would likely wear. Conservative, with thick black frames, Once he found the pair he thought would be a good fit, the bust was finished. The case of John List aired on AMW May 21st, 1989. An estimated 22 million people saw the program, including true crime fans uh, Wanda Flannery and her daughter, uh, 
Eva Mitchell in Denver. Even before the bus was shown, Flannery and Mitchell were sure their former neighbor, Bob Clark, fit the description. Soft-spoken, always wears a suit, an accountant, a devout Lutheran. When Bender's forensic bust was shown on screen, they were stunned. It looked just like Clark, right down to the glasses. So Flannery called the tip line. Eleven days later, the FBI showed up at Bob Clark's home. Bob Clark's home. <laughs> Air quotes. Air quotes. Bob fucking Clark's home. <laughs> In, Ri in uh, Richmond, Virginia, his new wife, Dolores, told him that he was at work. So the agent showed up at the office where Clark was working as an accountant. One of the agents said it was striking how much he looked like Bender's sculpture. Mm. They asked him if he was Bob Clark, and he said yes. Then they asked him if he was John List. <laughs> He denied it. Of course he did. Of course he he did. continued to deny it even after his prints were found to be a match to the prints taken from List when he had applied for a handgun permit. Why are you screaming? Because I'm hype. This is what I was saying. It's not that loud. The distance between you and the microphone is great right now. Okay, good. <laughs> I knew this would happen. I know. List was arrested and charged with five counts of first-degree murder. Hell yeah. His Good. trial began April 2nd, 1990, 18 and a half years after the killings. Mm-hmm. This boy almost got away with it. Almost. Oh, shit, 18 years. I have so many thoughts. You want some uh, background on List? Because he may have been on the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, List was diagnosed by the court psychiatrist with obsessive compulsive disorder, which his defense said made him only guilty of second degree murder. Mm -hmm. Wow. That disorder right. goes great with religion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On April 11th, after nine hours of deliberation, the court found him guilty on all five counts of first-degree murder. He was given the maximum sentence allowed at the time. Five consecutive life terms. Yes. Bitch. When his sentence was read aloud, the courtroom erupted in applause. Yes. Get fucked. One person, however, <laughs> one person, however, wasn't as happy with the verdict. Walsh. He wanted List to get the death penalty. Many in law enforcement, along with Walsh, credit Bender's amazingly accurate bust with cracking one of the oldest cases at the time. In fact, Walsh kept that bust in his office for many years. That's I don't know about that. Uh, right, Bender, like, I don't want a creepy murderer staring at me. I know, right? You just put it on your fucking cabinet next to the door. And just stares <laughs> at you. You know what? That is one of my favorite pieces. That'll be a nice <laughs> conversation piece when I have guests. Over. <laughs> um, in fact, Walsh kept that bus in his office for many years. Bender, sadly, passed away in 2011 from mesothelioma. Well, you know what? He was a phenomenal fucking uh, sculptor. List later appealed his case, claiming he had been suffering from PTSD from combat experience in World War II. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But a, fer a federal appeals court rejected his claims. Good. At Thanks. this point... Any speculation about his mental state is moot, but I would like to put forward a theory that I is haven't seen alive? discussed yet. Hold on. I believe John List was on the autism spectrum. Let me be clear on two points. 
First, the vast majority of people on the spectrum are nonviolent, so I'm not saying autism made him homicidal. Second, being on the spectrum still would not accuse or justify what he did. But why do I think he was on the spectrum? Look at what his co-workers and neighbors said about him. He was a hard worker, focused, and meticulous. Traits commonly found in people on the spectrum. He was soft-spoken, polite, pathologically avoided conflict, yet he seemed, quote, strange, odd, and off-putting. This sounds very much like someone on the spectrum. Their odd behaviors and seeming lack of social skills are probably the most well-known symptoms of the disorder. The fact that he was diagnosed with OCD even fits with that. The symptoms of OCD and autism are so similar that they are commonly indistinguishable even to doctors and psychiatrists. But it was watching his interviews that convinced me. Before speaking to psychiatrists, police, or television hosts, he would carefully, even fussily, arrange any items on the table. Everything had to be just so. His manner seemed flat and emotionless, his tone of voice barely changing. But this is all speculation. We'll never know what truly went on in his mind. List died in prison on March 21st, 2008, from pneumonia. I hope he got raped in the ass. He was too. 82. Damn! Damn, Misty. Dude. Raped in the all ass. Right. <laughs> I have so many thoughts. All right. Play them on me. So, first of all, OCD and religion go so well together when it comes to, like, bad events. Because the whole point of OCD is, like, a great a great example is if I don't turn off the microwave at one second, my family will die. Like, that's an, that's an OCD thought, right? So it always, it always coincides with, like, uh, like, a life or death situation or, like, something is, like, in grave danger. So I think about this one girl I met who was a witness and her dad would take the whole family out in the yard and line them up and say, I'm going to, we're going to kill each other right now Jesus. so we can get to paradise faster, right? It's all about playing games with yourself. So that really made sense to me. But when it comes to autism, I think that's just like um, a way to get out of, to like lessen your sentence. Because you can be autistic and not want to fucking murder your family, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> Very yes. true. That sounds like a great thing to tell your uh, lawyer so you can lessen your, you know, your sentence or whatever. But um, I don't know. I feel like this person perhaps would was maybe like, um, like a psychopath and was, you know, they, they love, they, psychopaths love religion because it's all about control which is all they really, all like, all that psychopaths care about is control. And, like, what can I get out of people around me and, like, manip manipulate them to gain something from them, right? So that makes sense. And I, I, I really don't think he cared about his family at all. Like, 0% love for his family. But that's just my thoughts. I don't know. I think he, I think yeah. he thought that if he could get them out of the world. To him, his family didn't match up with his values as a Lutheran, like he needed a perfect family and they couldn't give that to him. So in his mind, it was easiest to just kill them Maybe. and start over. I mean, there could be something in the uh, in the thought that he killed them yeah. to get and, them into heaven. You know, he might have even thought that killing them was having mercy on their souls because then he could stop them from sinning he further. He could stop them, yeah. And you just, stop them from going into poverty yeah. and that's the ultimate exactly. sin for whatever Well, and then her having... Um, 
syphilis mm-hmm. is like, you know, if, I don't know if you've ever been super religious, but if you have a fucking STD, you're kind of like the scum of your religious yeah. circle. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the worst thing you could probably do, you know? So I feel like he just needed to get rid of them because it was like kind of rotting away at his psyche, you know? I don't know. Yeah. You know, he probably only just cared about himself. Yes. So. But did you guys have my story though? Yeah. Very good. Yes. Very good story. I definitely needed a, a, it infuri- a pick me up. It infuriated me. Huh? What? What'd you it say? infuriated me. Good. To no extent. Like I just want to like. Intrafamily murders are very interesting murders. Well, to I me. also like, I wanted like to a, say like like the Lizzie Borden type of thing. Yeah. So white males in August oh boy. is the peak. Chris of Watts. family murderers. If you're a Chris, white male and it's August Chris, and you have a family, Chris that is Watts. when most of them kill their families. Talk about Chris Watts. In I August. Much about him. I don't know what that oh is. Oh my god. Chris Watts. So he had a family. They had like a basically perfect fucking life. Like they had a nice house, nice cars. He met this woman who was a little, like, you know, a little controlling, kind of OCD. Um, the mistress or the wife? The wife. Oh, okay. Yes. And I guess it, like, drove him crazy, even though he had kind of acted like it didn't. Uh, I don't think he ever cared about her. No. I think he's, like, the perfect example Where's of an actual from? born, like, sociopath. Yes, yes. Where is he from? Utah, I think, right? Yeah, something like that. Utah. Um, but, um, but he worked at... Uh, an oil for an oil company so he worked on like oil oil factories it's crazy there's a documentary about it Mm -hmm. on netflix oh shit um it's called i think american murder or Mm -hmm. or something like that um but it's actually really interesting Mm -hmm. seeing like how he reacts um so basically his uh, the wife's best friend um was suspicious because she hadn't like called or showed up well, for her. Well, she came home. She he met this mistress and they were texting each other back and forth. And she was googling like after the police searched his searched their phones. She was like googling um uh how to marry a man who's married or like how to uh, get rid of a wife, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And then. The friend of the actual wife came over one day and she saw that her car was um, in the driveway mm-hmm. and she would like knock on the door and like no one would answer. And she was like, this is really weird. Mm-hmm. And she called Chris and she's like, hey, I just was wondering where your wife is. And he was like, oh, she's at the store. She's like grocery shopping. And she's like, well, the car is, like, in the driveway. So, like, that doesn't make any sense. And the car seats you know? were yeah, in, in exactly. the car. And, like, yeah. and so, basically, uh, whenever the, uh, whenever her, be- whenever the wife's best friend, like, called, like, had to call the cops because she knew something was wrong. Like, she's, like, an OG best friend, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, she knew something was wrong. Um... Because, like, they weren't answering the door, the car was there, you know, the car seats were in the car, like, there was no noise happening in the house. I feel like, like you two would be like that for, you, for each other. Like, if one of you got murdered, yes. you'd be on I that real like quick. I have really good spidey senses. Yes. Like, I, I yeah. know when things are wrong. <laughs> you'd be but, on that real quick. Um, 
So, like, whenever she called the cops, like, basically, uh, they had to get Chris to come to the house so that he could open the Well, the he was house. already at the house, though. No, he wasn't. They had to call him to come open the garage because they were gonna, uh, get, get in the house and try to see, like, um, if she was in there. And, of course, like, he, like, is kind of pretending to, like, freak out. And so, of course, he, like, lets... smiling and making jokes. Yeah, and, and, like, of course, he lets her best friend in and the cop. And so they search the house. Her phone's there. Her purse is there with all her medication that she wouldn't leave the house without. And uh, her phone had been turned off. And the, the shittiest part is that he, like, texted her phone to cover his ass because she wasn't answering her phone so he like texted her like hey where are you i hope you're okay i feel like he wanted to be caught though like he was so sloppy with everything and like the way he was acting from the cops was so like you can go on youtube and watch him like you know how the cops have like the little recorder like on their chest or whatever yeah body you can watch and be like i don't know like as he's acting and pretending like he doesn't know what's going on yeah and even some people just are that stupid though I don't know. I feel like I feel like it was people, very it was very sociopathic. Well, people that kill people like they want to be caught. They really do. Yeah, like during the interview when uh, the news like you know got involved during the interview with a reporter, like she was like, oh, you know, like like uh, how do you feel about this? Blah blah blah. And he's like smiling mm-hmm. the whole time. Like he's like like uh evilly smiling while he's like responding to these questions being like i just want them to come home Mm -hmm. like you know i just want to see my wife and kids again and he's fucking smiling while 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 this entire interview like almost like a snide smile Mm -hmm. like the fucking like documentary triggered me like i fucking cried (laughs) his truck had gps on it and the cops like looked at the history of his gps and tracked his truck to an oil tanker like where you know and he put the bodies of his family like inside of the oil tanker well he, and that's how they found it he buried his wife mm-hmm. on that on that plot of land around where yeah. the oil tanks were and he shoved his five-year-old and three-year-old daughters mm-hmm. and in an oil tank the that most had an eight-inch-size hole yeah. So he had to break bones yeah. in order to shove them The worst inside. part about the whole thing is, like, you can watch on YouTube the police, in, like, interrogating him in the room. And they ask him, like, they're asking him all these questions. And he was like, oh, the three-year-old was like, is that going to happen to me? You know? And it's just, like, he doesn't have any feelings towards his children. I'm going to look this guy Which up. is, like, the perfect example of, like, a psychopath. Yeah, he explained... Like, if you uh, have no feelings towards your loved ones like that, and, like, that doesn't bother you at all, then... Yeah, he... You know, he, the lack uh, of empathy. He explained, like, how he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrapped his wife up in the sheets of their bed, because he basically, like, choked her out until she died. Um, and then loaded the kids in the car and put her body in the back seat with the kids back there. Mm-hmm. And they were like, is mommy okay? Yeah. And like asking him the whole car <laughs> ride. And it's like an hour long car ride. Yeah. So like they're freaking out 
and he takes the oldest one, kills her, and then the youngest one, like, sorry, I'm about to cry, and then the youngest one, like, asks him, like, He's she's like Stop it, I'm sorry. Yeah. And she's, she's like she's, she's like, like Daddy, is, this gonna is that happen gonna happen to me? to me? Yeah. And it's just really fucked up. And like that's wow. that's the perfect example of like what it's like to not have empathy. And like that's what an actual psycho I feel like people throw around that word all the time, like psychopath. Yeah. That is what it is to be a psychopath, is to not feel empathy. So like people around you, you're only trying to figure out how can I manipulate them to benefit myself. Like you're, like, you're literally only thinking about yourself. During the interview, whenever he was describing that, he was, like, mm-hmm. saying it with a monotone voice. Yeah. Like, no emotion whenever well, he was talking you know, it about makes how his kids reacted. In his mind, he was like, all I want is to be with my mistress. Like, that's all he wanted, right? That one girl. So he's like, I need to figure out how to, like, get rid of, get rid of my family. You know? <laughs> Just so, Yeah. Well, the best way would be to kill them in his head to yeah, be the rid best of way everything would be to just fuck off and just yeah. leave so that's how he got out of his responsibilities you know just oh, just the details of the murder like really got to me like yeah. i cried the entire documentary <laughs> because just seeing how innocent these little girls were yeah. was ridiculous like yeah. and it sucks cuz somebody like that will never feel remorse like he'll go his whole life without literally ever caring yeah you know so it's just, it's really fucked up. I don't know. Which is why I want to talk about what you were saying, Tristan, about uh, John Liss. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of not having a death penalty. I love the idea of people rotting away in jail, in prison, and like, that's it. Like, I feel like death is so easy. You yeah. know, if I was to kill somebody and have a life sentence, I would love to die, right? So if you could let that person just rot away in jail forever and think about what they've done, well, that's fucking great. The thing about the death penalty, though, is that there's, like, a separate prison, like, mm-hmm. death row. Like, yeah. they're still there for decades. I know, but, like... Like, they still rot in prison the idea before they possibly, get killed. But, like, let's say you're 20 and you killed your family, right? And, like, if, let's say you're rotting away in death row till you're, like, 30 and you get killed... I don't know. I would love to see see somebody. Just I just think be if we until they're like if we do dead. do the death penalty, let's you know let's go all the way with it. Let's bring out the guillotine, you know, draw and quarter, uh, stone in, well, in front of the whole village, know. you know, burned at the stake. <laughs> I do still let's make kind it of fun. think it should be ethical. So I feel like if you are going to kill somebody, you should make it ethical. But I do like the idea of somebody being alone with their thoughts for all their life right yeah isn't I that mean, the most torturous thing you do to somebody right yeah that's the worst thing i could think of yeah i don't know yeah so. i mean probably the one of the most uh sincere or crazy forms of torture would be a solitary confinement oh yeah with yeah. no windows or like any sense of day or night that will that that would absolutely just destroy mm-hmm. somebody's which brings psyche. me into my my transition conversation although i do have i do have some ghost stories i do have two things i want to talk about um okay so just to preface this you guys if you're gonna get triggered over what jill says just skip this i don't believe in ghosts (laughs) she doesn't believe in (laughs) fucking ghosts and she like has had experiences with them which does not make sense at fucking all. All right. Anyways, I'm getting triggered. How about you? (laughs) So, 
I was respectful of your story. Yeah. And I let you talk. Yeah. So you can let me talk, right? Yeah, I'll okay. let you talk. But so I'm not going to like what you say. <laughs> okay, so I do have two things to say. So the first one was the most, like, uh, memorable ghost story I've ever had was when... Um, have you guys ever heard about St. Augustine, Florida? It's, like, the oldest city in America. Yes. Like, it's, like, the first... Um, it's like where the Spaniards came and like settled. Aren't there's a lot, and, like a lot of uh, haunted places? Oh there? yeah, it's yeah. like that's like the main focus of like this this area. So we went on this um, ghost tour thing, and like we were given the um, what are they called? The little EMF like thingies where you can like see the energy. Oh yeah. You know, and we left our our phones in the car, and um, we went to this like the most haunted lighthouse in St. Augustine, and. We were just, like, looking around, and I guess, like, in this one basement room area was where the uh, lighthouse keeper lived, and he was known as, like, a kind of, like, not a rapist, but, like, somebody who definitely was creepy and would, like, um, advance on women without them wanting that. So, okay. like, rapey. Yeah. But not quite. I mean, quote-unquote, he a wasn't a rapist, works. but okay. A guy that works there currently? No, this is, like, from, like, the 1700s. Okay, I see. I like, see. the beginning. What, I get it. I don't remember the year, but... The um, ghost of a person. That yes. Was that, uh, yeah. So, we went down there, and, you know, we didn't have our phones with us. We just had those little, like, uh, EMF readers and then, like, a flash, a flashlight. And there was, like, one chair in the corner. Like, it was, like, super creepy. It was very creepy. And um, they were like, yeah, he would... He loved to, like, just touch women against their will or whatever and all this shit and so i remember like kind of and like I, i've always been very skeptical but i was just kind of walking around and you know thinking about this this guy and all this stuff and i felt like the it felt like a wash like a rag or like a washcloth that was like super wet and like cold and it just like slapped on my leg and like was pulled across like exactly like how that would feel you know and i looked down at my em emf whatever reader thingy and it like went to red and i was like <laughs> the fuck <laughs> and i like ran out of the room <laughs> like it was this wow. it was it was terrifying you like you had literal evidence that there was something there with it was the terrifying EMF reader but you don't believe that it was an actual okay <laughs> yeah how could you not believe anyways that? so <laughs> like i don't believe but i've never had an experience exactly okay so i left the area and that was it that was the end of that experience okay mm. so my other experience was how you how PJ and Missy were talking about a family ghost. So my family has one too. Ooh. And oh. we call it the scribbles. And <laughs> it looks like okay, imagine like a piece of paper, like white paper, and then then you take like a pen or a pencil and you just like go like this on it and just in circles and shit. And imagine that coming to life and like um, expanding, like kind of breathing. Like an orb. No, it literally looks like pencil. But, like, on your wall. Like, imagine just pencil and it's, like, like breathing. I don't know how to explain just it. Just, like, breathing yeah. vines. When I was little, I was in my uh, family's piano room or, like, computer room or whatever. And I saw this, like, scribble thing. And it was, like, the size of, like, um, 
I don't know, like a like plate. Like a cat? Kind of, I guess. <laughs> and I, like, opened the back door, and it, it came from behind me and, like, zooted out of the fucking door. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, whatever. And then so when my mom and I were driving to Arkansas, like, three or four years ago... We were trying to keep ourselves awake because it was late at night. We we're trying to get here and like not fucking fall asleep and crash the car. So we were telling ghost stories and she was like, wait, what the fuck? Because I guess when she was, um, when she first married my dad, she saw the scribbles on the wall of their first house. So she like looked up and she saw this like scribbly, like it literally looks like if you were to take like a pencil and just go like this on a piece of paper. And it like went up the wall and down. And my fucking dad saw it too. And my dad wow. is the most hardcore, anti-believer, conservative <laughs> Republican. Like, like you don't understand. Like he does not. Believe. <laughs> he just he does her not believe in ghosts. And you will ask him to this day. You will just say like, Michael, tell me about the scribbles. And he'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like. So that is something that is creepy. And like, I can't explain that, right? Because the fact that my mom saw it before I ever said anything to her is terrifying. Like that is creepy. So we've all been haunted by the scribbles. We don't know what they are, but you know, Makes we've me all wonder seen if them. It's just like a bunch of sprites moving really fast. And they're like, hey bitch, like, I'm fucking here. It looks like an animated drawing, but in real life, like you're hallucinating and you're seeing like things moving around. Like, okay, I so know. like the take on me music video, like the pencil drawings, but just kind spells. of. Okay. Did you ever watch, um, I'm trying to think of like. What show like was? like like Charlie Brown, like the scribbles above the head kind yes, of thing. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Okay. The you know the dirty kid in Charlie Brown. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how it looks in real life. What but it's like this big you? like cloud, and it kind of is like pulsating like this, but like sporadically, and it just kind of like moves around like this, and then it just like zoots out of like the room. I don't know. Wow. So. <laughs> That's, like, the ghost experiences I've had. I'd like to hear the science that you might actually have okay. behind this. Because so, first of all, I want to preface I want to preface what I, what I was going to say with the fact that we don't know for sure what is real, right? Like, when it comes to ghosts, we never know. Like, they could be real. We really don't know. Um, so I don't want to discredit anything you guys have, like, been through, right? But I want to explain a lot of what ghost sightings could be with like science i guess and like how a lot of things could be explained mm. all right so when it comes to visual hallucinations so a lot of times when people see ghosts it's at night and it's or it's like in a uh dark area or it's never it's usually not in broad daylight like okay, the middle of I the mean, day. I've had an experience in broad, broad daylight. I know, and I'm not saying, like, I'm not trying to discredit what you guys have been through. I'm just trying to say, like, a lot of times when people see stuff, it's at night. And it's this thing called um, pareidolia, where your brain, it's actually like a, um evolutionary trait where your brain is trying to make sense of your surroundings to help you survive. So if you see, like, if you're out in the woods and you see, like, a shadow and it looks like a person, that's your brain telling you, shit, that could be a person. Like, we got to get the fuck out of here. We need to, like, protect ourselves. So it's all about, it's all about survival. So a lot of times if you're out in the dark by yourself and you see something, 
It could be like you could very well have seen something, but it's really just a trick of the light or a shadow or something like that. And the other person next to you could see it as well. But it's all about survival. Like, how can I protect myself from my surroundings? You know, so it could be an evolutionary trait. Your brain um, will fill in the gaps. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and also at night, you're so you know, like how in your eyes you have rods and cones. Like. Um, Speak for yourself. What? I, I don't know. <laughs> Is that a gay joke, Tristan? Anyways. No. <laughs> Wait, what? Like how would it okay. be a gay joke? So at no, night, because of the rods. Your your eyes change. So in the daytime, your your eyes are trying to find shapes and colors. That's how you perceive the light. But in the nighttime, you perceive motion. So your eyes change over to help you perceive motion versus shapes and light. So if you see um, anything, even like a, like a leaf fluttering or anything moving, your brain is helping you to make this image of what could be there, you know? So that's a lot of the times what you're seeing is just like emotion and your brain is helping you create an image to make sense of like what you could be feeling. And especially if you're feeling already, if you go into, like, let's say you're, let's say you go out into the woods with your friends with the intention of finding ghosts, right? Like that's in your brain. We're going to find ghosts. Something creepy is happening. Then your brain is already expecting that. So if you see something, it's actually going to help you more to create something that's not there in the way that you're wanting to see it, you know? Then how do you explain, like, random things that, like, don't really, like, make sense? Like, like instances, like, when you were a kid and you experienced the scribbles, or mm -hmm. when we were kids and we experienced the same entity over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like religion. You can't explain it. It's just something that you feel. So I think that there are times where you could be feeling something that isn't there, but I, that's just my preference is to explain it in a way that is logical. So for instance, like the, the thing I was talking about with the um, guy in the lighthouse, I already knew he was a creepy guy who touched women, right? So when I felt that, that could have just been a, uh, physical hallucination and I was just trying to make sense of my surroundings but when it comes to when you're a child and you're imagining things there's a lot of times where you're creating memories in your head that aren't real um, to explain things that happened in your childhood but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean like what you went through wasn't real you know it, I don't know it's kind of like it's hard to tell because anything could happen anything could be real right yeah who knows I mean, like, anything I, could be real i understand like the kids imagination thing but like at the same time when you experience it as an adult it's a whole different like ballpark i don't fucking know whatever yeah. <laughs> it's a whole different bitch okay <laughs> <laughs> that, that works yeah, I like that better. yeah. but like it's and i think it helps when you already believe in spirits like you believe in spirits and you believe in stuff like that i don't so for me, it's really easy to write off everything I've ever experienced as just like a random event. For you, you like to make sense of it and apply it to what you already believe in, but I don't believe in anything. So when I experience something, it's easier for me to be like, well, maybe I just was imagining that, you know? So you probably just pick up on things more than I would anyways, which makes sense, you know? Yeah. 
But, um, and then also, um, so EMF uh, waves are real. So it, let's say you're around your phone, you're around a uh, Wi-Fi router. When you experience EMF waves, sometimes they can cause um, the feelings of being watched. So they can cause um, paranoia, like high heart rates, just the sensation that someone's behind you, which has been proved by science. Like you can actually like look this up and find the studies and everything. Um, so they took people who were, let's say, completely by, the, by themselves with nothing around them, then people who were in rooms with um, like phones and like Wi-Fi routers and all that kind of shit. So when you're around uh, like certain frequencies for a long period of time, you're more likely to feel something because those frequencies are bouncing off of your neurons in your brain. Which, which goes back to uh, like what I was saying at the beginning is that it's more about energy. Like mm -hmm. uh, it's, you know, debatable if it's an actual human like mm -hmm. that has passed away or a, de or a demonic entity or if it's actually just energy, you know, EMF. Like I mean, every... high energy areas can create uh, unnatural, you know, uh, situations like sightings and uh, you know those types those types of experiences. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think that that's probably one of the most common ground things that spiritual people and uh, science scientists can agree on is that mm -hmm. whenever th there's uh, you know, areas that have high ener energy like that, that, like, it, like, a lot of stuff can happen, mm -hmm. especially in the human mind and just in general in that, in those areas. Plus, also, if you have lost a loved one, like, your grandma, your mom, your brother, like, whatever, to death, your brain is, like, trying so hard to make sense of everything that it's so easy to apply your grief to like what is happening around you, you know? So that's another thing. And you know, if I think that's great. If you can find some type of closure with um, like things that you're feeling, then that's good, you know? But um, I don't know, I, I don't think, I, I still have never had an experience that I don't think I could explain with like science in some way. I think that it's just, how you perceive your surroundings and especially people you know I was I was actually listening to this one girl who was like feeling a heaviness in her chest a feeling of people watching her she was having sleep paralysis like all these awful th awful things and she had um some people come out to her house and just or test the uh gas in her house and I guess she was having like a carbon monoxide leak and it was causing her to like hallucinate and after they fixed that, she never felt that again. So part of me wonders how many times have people been experiencing literal physical hallucinations because of gas around them or even like schizophrenia. Like there's just so many like explanations as to what could be happening. Like, I feel it, like there's a lot of coincidences too because yeah. it could be that or it could be another thing. Like you, you can't really even know. Like, yeah. Well, like for example, whenever I would have sleep paralysis, you know, I wouldn't see anything, but I mm -hmm. literally could not move. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure that it also has to do with like, you know, your like sleep 
cycles mm-hmm. and stuff like well, that. Well, when you have sleep paralysis, your body is still asleep, but your brain is awake. Yeah. So whatever you're seeing, you're applying the hallucinations to real life, but you can't, like, move. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to feel afraid of something like that, but it's really just like the DMT being pushed through your brain, breaking through to the real world, and you're seeing it cross over. So, like, that makes sense as to why it would be, like, really scary, you know? But you really are just, like, hallucinating. Like, it's nothing, like, spiritual. Like, you're just, like, hallucinating, you know? I just think, I think it's really easy to hallucinate. Like, if you were to take a person and put them in a blank room with nothing around them, which Vsauce did this in his Minefield series, and let's say you put this person into a white room with nothing for, like, three days, right? You are literally going to hallucinate. It's guaranteed. Because your brain is, like, freaking out and trying to make sense of what the fuck is going on around you. And you're going to start hearing shit. You're going to see shit. You're going to feel like you're going insane. (laughs) And it's mainly because your brain is used to seeing and hearing all of those things, Mm -hmm. like, normally. So, of course, whenever you are trapped, isolated, no matter if it's in just a completely blank, you know, white or whatever, just blank space room with nothing in it, or if you're just trapped alone on an island or something like that, you can actually start having these hallucinations. Hallucinations? Hallucinations. Hallucinations. Hallucinization. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, you can you can have you can start having the hallucinations, and uh, you know it it can it can feel more real than it actually is. So I totally yeah. I totally get that part. It's all about comforting your brain. Exactly. Like your brain, the human brain needs stimulation. Like you need to like feel stimulated. So if you're like if you're let's say you're out in the woods by yourself and it's dark out, you're you know you're alone. Of course you're gonna see shit. Right? I mean, like, your brain is craving the need to make sense of patterns. So you're going to fucking see shit. Everyone would see something, you know? And, it's, and it's, it's, like, it's like the exact opposite to people that are used to being isolated and sheltered mm-hmm. and alone literally all their life. Because whenever they go out in public and are around the things that they're not used to, all of the noises, the sounds, the people, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they get overstimulated. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, it's, it's almost the exact kind of uh, effect uh, between the two types of people because uh, mm-hmm. if you're if you're someone it's almost like you know being like a total city person and like moving out to the country you know you're not used to it so it's, there's almost like a shock kind mm-hmm. of factor there yep um, but yeah and it can it can apply to all your senses too mm-hmm. which is kind of creepy yeah. so when I was feeling that dude when I was feeling that wet like washcloth sensation that could have never happened and I could have hallucinated that you know because I was expecting to feel that Mm -hmm. so because it was cold down there and I was by myself and I was expecting to feel that I could have felt it you know but that specifically like washcloth situation you can feel anything I just feel like that's so so specific that Mm -hmm. it's kind of but my brain was already primed to feel that that I was already told this guy is gonna. This guy touched women against their will in certain areas, so I was already expecting to feel that feeling, you know, and I did. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, not, it makes sense specifically for the situations that you've been in, but it's still like 
doesn't make sense to me. Like, not even just my experiences, but, like, other people's experiences and stories about, like, several people experiencing the same thing while they're completely lucid doesn't make sense to try to put science behind it because it's the unknown it's supernatural like you can't really actually explain it with science or anything like that and like that's the cool thing about it is we don't really know you know like who am i to say that anything is not possible right anything's possible we don't know anything's possible yeah I'm yeah, not chiming in a lot, but I'm enjoying this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do like to think that I wish that anyone who is having a really hard time with spirits or anything like that, there could be a big possibility that they perhaps have schizophrenia or that they are experiencing some type of like gaseous like poisoning. You know, like if you could at least check those boxes first before you start to delve into, like, spirituality, then, like, I think that's very important, you know? Like, you don't really know, like, what, what's, like, what for sure is going on. So, I don't know. I think, I think that that's important. But after that, then, then you can start to make sense of, like, what's going on around you because you don't really know, you know? (laughs) We have Pat, we have passed around the wizarding hat Yes. <laughs> she disrespected it by. It by fucking fell it off, off of my head multiple times. <laughs> this Anyways, is order of <laughs> I think that's the end of my uh, downer science bullshit. So. I mean, no, I I was very I was interested in everybody's um, <laughs> what they had to say. I really loved hearing you two's uh, family stories with the family ghost and your own personal experiences with the shadow demon. Um, I thought it was really, really uh, enlightening, and uh, I would love to hear uh, more about it if you got any more little stories. And I loved hearing the goddamn, um, the real shit, the science behind it, (laughs) and your own personal experiences, too. I love science, and I love that it can take anything that seems unexplainable because anything is magic until you put science behind it like back in the day we didn't fucking know what the fuck was going on right like yeah, electricity we literally thought that like the earth was we like, saw lightning flying. and we were like what the fuck gods are like killing us they're trying to kill us right and then we were like oh it's lightning so the fact that we can explain anything with science is so fucking cool to me and it's mm-hmm. like the best thing i've ever heard ever and i just love that then i hope I in the future we can explain ghosts yeah yeah I really hope that they're, like, I mean, like, I, I really I really enjoy being able to, like, uh, listen to, like, different people's, like, stories and stuff like that, uh, because, uh, but that's one of the things I like being the way that I am, like, uh, specifically being, you know, religiously, uh, I, I, I am a, a agnostic, and I am, uh, you know, specifically me. I am open to new ideas, you know, I like hearing uh, new things and, uh, you know, like the proof of like how things either do exist or not exist, uh, because I have my own personal experiences and what I believe, but I really like hearing like how other people uh, you know, have experienced or perceive uh, those uh, same type of situations mm-hmm. or things and explain it in such a different way. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like, a lot, a lot of, like, shadows and stuff like that that I think of uh, can be, uh, 
you know, explained, like, oh, it's just a trick of the light or something like that. And, like, uh, one, one specific incident when I was younger, uh, uh, I, I had gotten, you know, I was, I was, I was taking a shower and there was like the cap of a shampoo bottle or whatever that was sitting there. And I had, uh, moved it. I had just put it down and it just like moved forward slightly. And I was like, what the fuck? So I picked it back up and I put it in the exact same spot and it moved forward again. And I was like, what? And then whenever I, and then I kind of finally realized I picked it up and there was pressure underneath it and there was water sitting underneath it as well. And since I guess the bathtub wasn't like, you know, level enough, the, the water and the pressure underneath the cap made it mm-hmm. slide. And, you know, so I was just like, oh, that's just, you know, that's not anything, you know, scary or anything. You're like, thank fucking God. Honestly, though, like, I was was relieved. I was like, oh, shit, this ghost is fucking with me. And, like, (laughs) while I'm in the shower, especially. That's how I felt, like, last week. um, My broom closet, the door was open, and it just, like, shut. And I was like... (laughs) And then I, like, opened it up to test it, to test it, and it shut again. And I was like, okay, so it's just the, you know... The way yeah. that the doors moving. So I know that my breaches with um, spookery have always been um, I know from my own mind because um, I know that I have had really bad night terrors in the past. Like I would um, wake up mid sleep during a nightmare, and it would turn into a lucid dream where uh, the nightmare would kind of blend into. Reality. Don't you love it when that happens? It's pretty great. I mean, like I remember one time I uh, I dreamt that there were snakes in my bed, and um, I woke up while I saw snakes in my bed, and once I was woken up, I I couldn't see them, but I could still feel them everywhere, and I started to really freak out. And I um, hopped up off the bed, I pulled all the blankets off, I turned the lights on, I really had to really get my bearings because I thought that the snakes were still in there. I've mm-hmm. experienced that with spiders, um, wasps flying around in my bedroom a few times, mm-hmm. um, intruders in the house I've experienced it with. Uh, I, I have uh, sleptwalk, some sleepwalked in the past, and um, I know that uh, like my... Uh, my significant other at the time one time um i had woken up i got up i she she tried to say things to me but i just didn't hear her i just didn't respond i turned the bedroom light on i got i got i got into the kitchen and i just stood in the middle of the kitchen with the light on just back facing her and just stood there silently that is creepy. It freaked her out. <laughs> Something so, good. The cool thing about sleepwalking is when uh, there's four stages of your sleep, and like the fourth stage is REM, and yeah. that's when you have like the your eyes are moving. Mm-hmm. That's when you dream, and whenever you're dreaming, you're supposed to be paralyzed. Like your body's supposed to be completely just kind of like stiff, and that protects you from doing exactly what you've been doing. Yeah. Where you sleepwalk. So sleepwalking is not supposed to happen. Your body's supposed to lock your body down so that way when you're dreaming you're not trying to act out your dreams and perhaps back in the day throw yourself off a cliff walk into the forest 
Like, yeah, the sword man. Risk dying. So, yeah, exactly. So, PJ, there's a very solid chance that I may wake you up one night by just uh, screaming, and I won't, <laughs> I won't remember it. Yeah. And oh. you'll just have to well, calm me down, and then I'll just fall right back. So. Night terrors are when you're, I'm so, you're I'm dreaming, but you're having a nightmare. That happens. Okay. And that shit can get <laughs> scary. We all have our cross to bear. Yeah, if, yeah. It, since we're talking about creepy sleeping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> creepy oh, sleepers. Um, so, my husband, uh, Thomas, he, when he's sleeping, most of the time, like, he's laying on his back. His limbs will raise in the air, almost like ventriloquisty, like as if someone's like, like puppeteering him that would be by me. his limbs, and like they'll they'll be like swaying in the air while he's laying on his back, and this happens with all four limbs, <laughs> like. And they'll just, he'll just, like, have his arms, like, raised up in the air. And I have pictures of it happening. Like, it is so fucking <laughs> creepy. And, like, sometimes if I'm laying next to him and, like, his limb or his arm is in the air, like, and I, like, try to push it down, it, he'll raise it back up and then it'll fall on my face. <laughs> With, like, the full force of his fucking body weight. <laughs> Wow. So the only time I would start worrying, like in that kind of a situation, is if the entire body started raising like it was. Oh, well, <laughs> I, would, yes. I would be like, yeah, okay, yes. exorcist. What? <laughs> yeah, no, and and like he has a problem with uh, like falling asleep with his eyes open too. So that's pretty creepy. Fuck that. Um, and most of the time it'll it'll only be like halfway open. So like mm-hmm. it'll just be the white of his eyes. And I'll just walk into the room and his limbs will be swaying in the face. <laughs> 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 and he has his eyes halfway open. And I'm like, bitch, I'm going to fucking bed, you creepy ass bitch. <laughs> See, Clay will do that too. Like he'll fall asleep with his eyes open. And then I'll see his eyes, like, darting, like, left and right really fucking fast. Oh, shit! Because he's dreaming, you know? And I'm like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> like, crazy. It's terrifying. Sleep. S- sleep. There's just so many mysteries around mm-hmm. just sleep and dreaming. Yeah. And yeah, I've heard, like, Thomas talk about macaroni, like, violently. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and sleep. I may... Yeah. And I talk in my sleep, too, PJ. Oh, I do, too. I've been woken up by him... Yelling in his sleep, just like he's dead while they while they sleep. I'm like, that's me. I'm dead, but then there are some times where, like, I mean, especially when I was younger, I would sit there and just lay in bed, and I'd be like, just asking normal questions. Like, I'd be like, Mom, what are we having for dinner tonight? Like, completely out of it. Every time, like, almost every time, I would sleep with him like even recently, like a couple months ago, when we were having like whenever I spent the night at his house. He would, like, ask me questions. I'm like, PJ, why are you talking to me right now? It's 2 o'clock in the morning. And then you just mumble, and I'm like, oh, okay, he's asleep. But you would ask me, like, strange fucking questions. You're like, why is the macaroni pasta in the fucking water? <laughs> like, stupid shit. PJ, you have to cook it, okay? You have yeah. to cook it before you eat it. Everybody <laughs> wants crunchy macaroni. <laughs> I've heard tell that I just have complete conversations in my Oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. 
Stop flirting. <laughs> we were uh, we are on air. Stop. Nobody can yourself. see it. The only reason that people know, bitch, is because you're stating the facts. <laughs> Don't come for me, bitch. <laughs> bitch, I ain't gonna just come for you. I'm coming at you. <laughs> oh, what? I'm calling you out on Twitter at bitch. What? 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 <laughs> Do you have a Twitter? We don't talk about my Twitter. <laughs> we don't either. talk about Twitter. Do you have a Twitter? Fuck no. I don't have a fucking Twitter. I have a Tumblr. <laughs> oh my god. Missy, it, get out of has, 20... It has 2,500 followers. Yeah, but do they still, like, interact with your shit? Yes. Mm. I get, like, like at least 100 notifications every day. For real? Jesus. You still post on it? Sometimes, but it's mostly on my older posts. Like, the... the Wait, uh, Tumblr's most, still a thing, though? Yes. Yeah, it is. The most I get on a post is like uh, eight thousand likes. Wow. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeesh. The way that just we just re derailed <laughs> was just amazing. Loved if it. If you're gonna whisper <laughs> into the microphone, at least know what you're at whispering. Least, <laughs> at least whisper and not talk kind of quietly. This is not my ASMR channel. Welcome everybody. It's time to get spooky. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> we don't need that. Oh, everyone Good. needs that. This is so, the kind of mic that ASMR people use. Yes. For real. Yeah. <laughs> just like I might just do ASMR. <laughs> so like, stop. Okay. We we need this. We know a little bit of this. I mean, there's. <laughs> oh. Wait 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 wait. This is the ASMR segment. Wait. <laughs> that was my teeth. <laughs> That's what she said. Oh. Wait. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that sounds painful. Okay, so Tristan, do you have any comments, questions, concerns? Comments, like, questions, concerns. Let me review my notes while you're thinking. <laughs> um. Well, no. I mean, I really loved hearing everybody's tales. Um, Jill, even though you explained away all of yours, I still love. I still love to hear them. I always love a good ghost story, especially one that is personal. And I'm sorry I don't have any of my own, but I hope that hearing about the intra-family murderer, John Liz... I'm literally <gasps> going to conjure a spirit Wait, so that you can... I have fucking one it. more story. Oh. oh. It's, it's short. Okay, so one time at work, I was in the freezer section, and I was putting away, like, maybe the dumplings or something. I don't fucking know. And someone behind me went... <clears throat> and I turned around like nobody was there. Someone was probably in the other aisle, like right Dude, behind it. When I tell you, they were like in my ear. Like they were literally in my ear coughing. And I turned okay. around oh, and like nobody was there. Okay, can we okay, talk? Can we wait? Can we talk about the fact that our fucking workplace is pretty much haunted? Is it? Victoria has claimed. <laughs> That when she was there well, by good. herself. Maybe she'll send in her listener stories. <laughs> so wait, has, um, speaking about listener stories, has nobody sent in any, any more listener stories? <laughs> no, of course they haven't because they all hate us. How so fucking dare they? Makes me want to kill myself. Guess who Jill. also wants to kill themselves? Oh my god, guys. Anyways, <laughs> so Victoria has It's not required, but it's... It, but it's fucking Shut the fuck up. This is my podcast. <laughs> wait, wait. I want to do, I want to do damn. at the end a quick costume segment. Oh, yes, yes. Costumes. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Let me wrap this up. 
right. So Victoria told me that one time whenever she was uh, making food on a Sunday when no one else was there. Fuck that. That, like, literally, like, chips and, like, shit on the shelves would just fall. Well, I mean, that's not I mean, that's unbelievable, yeah. but... It, it, but when not she's gonna lie, alone, it, if I was alone, it would freak me out. Yeah, yeah but think about all the times we've I know, I know, of, of course, <laughs> of like... course, but it would freak me out. Not like, nonetheless, yeah. my mind was just start racing. I wouldn't yes. care about that, even though like, my logical one time, brain. I was listening to a spooky, I just don't like being alone. I was listening to a spooky oh. podcast episode whenever I was like closing which was like literally two days ago and like i had the feeling that someone was behind me and then and then like literally no one was in the store the fucking guy that i was closing with was outside and so i go outside to dump them off and here he comes right around the corner wait and he scared the fuck i know out of there's only oh, one dude. person who runs around the corner and I know who it is. You know who it is. <laughs> who is it? Is it Locke? It's yes. Locke. <laughs> he zooped. And I literally, the one time the phone was ringing, he jumped over the counter. He like, did. He jumped, you know where the clearance freezer section yeah. is? He jumped from there to like the inside of the counter and answered the phone. I was like, <laughs> what Fuck? is this issue? Why I is get it. he, Why? Why? That's awesome. Point? I don't know. I think he tried to scare me on purpose because he so. knew he knew that I was like on edge. Because you know out. why? He's a Virgo. He wasn't thinking about you at all. He was just thinking like, how can I close the fastest? Let me run. Well, I just see the shadow person out of the corner of my eye, and here comes Locke. He's just zooping around the corner real quick at me, and I like throw oh. the mop bucket, and I was, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> So you saw the shadow person and then you saw Locke. It was Locke. It was Locke. It was Locke that was the shadow person. Yes, he was he was the shadow person. That's great. But That's great. I was like feeling real spoopy, you know? Because I was yeah. listening to a spook so And see, wait, that's what I was saying. When you're feeling spooky and but you're I, hyper that, aware. Yes, that was explainable. Like I knew why I felt that way. Like it was stupid. Like I kept looking behind me while I was mopping. I was like, "Oh shit, where's the ghost?" <laughs> and like, and then I shop, saw my shadow in the reflection of one of the like coolers, and I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh!" I've been there, honestly. That's so funny. Because, you know, like, whenever whenever the bulk room is, like, has its lights off, you can see yourself, like, yeah. clearly in yeah. the reflection. And I saw myself coming around the corner, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> Very nice. I just think that workplaces at night are like one of the creepiest places because like they really are. Oh my god! And every place I've ever worked at, that's been the case. Well, and just like where we work, it's like right next to the highway. So like the only like like other places around where we work are like closed. And like if there is anyone walking up, it's like probably gonna be a crackhead. So that freaks <laughs> me out already. <laughs> Because, like, I'm alone, and it's getting dark, and I'm trying to put the carts inside the store. Have you ever been store. in the situation where the store is closed, you forget to uh, lock the front doors, and then someone walks in while you're closing, oh, and no, you turn bro. around to see them? Oh, no, bitch. I always close that shit I've as soon as from, it's closing time. I've forgotten from time to time, and then, like, he like headphones on, music blaring, turn around, someone's right there. Oh, I would fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. scream. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
scream. It is a wake up call. Lock that goddamn door. Yes, I I turn it. I, I turn off the automatic and everything, bitch. I'm not. I'm like even yeah. if I haven't brought the carts in from outside, I still lock that bitch because I am fucking freaked out already. Yeah. I want to talk about two more things. Okay. Dose. Um, Ouija boards. That's a fart. And also costumes. Okay, PSA. All right. What? If you are not someone who has had experience with or do not fucking do it. Do not fucking do it. Because you will open something in your fucking house, and even if you are a non-believer, some fuck shit will go down. Okay, anyways. Okay. So I believe the opposite. So I think that it is just merely um, nothing. <laughs> okay, so I <laughs> But you've also not experienced it anyway. Yes, I have. So, so I did oh, a Ouija okay. board once with somebody. <laughs> <and> <laughs> it was on a piece of like white printer paper. And like we wrote right. the whole thing down. That's the good numbers. Though. But it doesn't matter. It's whatever you want to write it on. You can write it on anything. Piece of wood, piece of paper, whatever. Those are the numbers letters goodbye all that shit right and we, we we use a shot glass and um when i was doing it with this person it kept going to z and then o like over and over and over again and i was like what the fuck's going on because it was spelling out like zozo like over and over again and then i looked up the meaning of it and i guess it was like a ouija board like demon right who have you guys ever like looked into that? Because <clears throat> it's kind of freaky. No. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So I found out that the person I was doing this with knew what was going on, and to this day, when I reflect on my experience, I think that they were like uh, purposefully like going back and forth on those letters, and I think freaky they knew out. what they were doing. Yeah. And because this was like my really bad ex. So I think that they knew what they were doing, but they were like going back and forth on those two letters and it was kind of freaky, but um, I don't know. That was like my only like experience, I guess. <coughs> but I think, I think that Ouija boards, I think that a lot of it is suggestion. So I do believe in, I believe in Ouija boards. I believe in how they work, everything. But I don't believe that it's a spirit. I think that it's more so a suggestion and trying to push you towards a uh, certain outcome that you're all subconsciously like thinking about. So that's kind of how I've always viewed them. And I've done them multiple times. Like it wasn't just with that one person. So that's kind of my experience, I guess. But yeah. Well, my experience was the complete opposite. So, <clears throat> in high school I mean no middle school <clears throat> this is the segment where everyone gets spritzed yes bitch spray me spritz <laughs> fucking spritz. spritz me bitch yes ah uh, yes ah oh, so oh, nice sorry literally well, when we come out with merch you. yes what's in that bum. spritz me bitch bum um Wait, it's more. literally gonna be a fucking What's in spray that? bottle with water <laughs> nice it's just water feels really good i know really good one more my therapist <laughs> said that it was it was the best thing for me when it comes to dissociating so and uh it's worked for you every time every single time okay so, so like in, middle, in middle school 
<laughs> in middle school. Uh, you know, I was with the cool kids, you know, the goths. The goths. <laughs> okay. Those are the so, cool kids. They were, they were <laughs> objectively, school, actually. Don't fucking come for me, Jill. <laughs> Tristan. Sorry. For like yeah. one second, I thought that was vodka, and I was like... <laughs> I gotta drive, boo. <laughs> the fuck? So I gotta drive. <clears throat> what? So he's trying Can to I sober. fucking continue? Oh, I'm sober. With my story? Yes, you you already finished your drink? Yes. How many have you had? Two and a half. How many have you had? Something like that. Say it into the microphone, bitch. This is my third, and there's four shots of vodka you in said it. fourth, Jill? <laughs> oh my lord. Okay. <laughs> I've had like four. I'm fine. So in middle school, all my all my friends were like the goths, like wannabe satanic, like thirteen year olds. No, I'm saying. So, so you know, they all like invited me to like a Ouija board session, and I was like, Nah, bitch, I know better. Like even whenever I was twelve, I was like, Nah. I don't fuck with that spoopy ass shit. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Too scary. And there was like six or seven of them that did it, but they did it at like this abandoned mm-hmm. like hospital, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so following that week that they did it, uh, like nothing, I don't think anything happened, but conveniently, they all got severely sick. <laughs> They had the flu and they all passed it around, though. But, like, I hung out with them all the time, so... Mm -hmm. And my immunity wasn't shit, so, like, I would have gotten sick because I was around them, too. Mm. But, like, every single person who was at that session Mm. all got extremely sick and were out of school for, like, a week. (laughs) I mean... And, like, ever since then, like, I just don't really think it's a good idea to fuck with that shit even if you don't think it's like a spiritual thing like it's like something nothing good is gonna come out of it i would do it just to do it for the experience well obviously we have to do it after this fucking podcast so (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean yeah we really should that sounds fun but with like an actual ouija board you know make the shit legit are we to get? Are we about to get fucking? Spooky? I mean, I don't we'll give a thing fuck. I will do a Ouija board whenever I don't care. I'm the same way. Yeah. You know, there's I'll always listen. those questions like when somebody's doing a Ouija board, they're just like, "Oh my god, wait, are you moving it? Oh my god, you can't be moving it. Like, you, come on, you're, you're dugging with me. You're moving it, right? It'll spell out kill, misty. I mean, I can. Like, <laughs> I'm like, why are you coming for me? <laughs> If y'all want some science, like, just let me know. Oh, shit. Or you can fuck right off. Jill, one thing (laughs) you must know know. about me is I'm always down for science. I love science. Science is, like, my fucking thing. Then you and science go get married, but we're not talking about that right (laughs) now. If you you love science so much, why don't you marry it, Jill? Yeah, Why don't you body science if I could? Whoa. Anyways. (laughs) Too far. (laughs) So who else has an experience with a Ouija board? Okay, one time on yeah. Facebook, this dude was looking for a Ouija board on Facebook Marketplace, mm-hmm. but he spelled it W-E-E-G-I-E. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, so I comment on it. Learn how to spell first. It's Uja. And Oijaborn. And he was like, fuck you, bitch. It was autocorrect. And then another person came in and commented, I highly I highly doubt that autocorrect autocorrected it from O U J I A to W E G I E. I know. And that is my Ouija board story. Okay, anyways. It was pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, PJ, go. I mean, like, the, I don't really have, like, a whole lot of Ouija board stories, uh, especially, like, in, like, my teenage to adulthood. I mean, like, we used to, like, me and my friends would kind of, like, mess around with it and be like, ah, it's so funny, like, and, like, do, like, the whole Ouija board setup on a piece of notebook paper, and then, like, we'd, like, use some random, like, shit, um, and, like, be like, ooh, ba-doop, ba-doop, and, you know, do the things, and then, you know... It would point to the letters, blah, 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 and whatever, but I'm pretty sure my friends are dumb because we did it at school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but another thing that's uh, kind of spooky, and a lot of you people from 2016 might remember the Charlie Charlie Challenge. Yes, that's exactly what I was just thinking. The Charlie Charlie Challenge. Okay. Anyways, let me just talk about that. That shit's fucking spooky. It is. Like I've actually, I've actually fucking done it. Like all you have to do, you make, you get a piece of notebook paper, you uh, <laughs> four squares. Uh, put yes, no on the top, and then no, yes. What you do is you put one <laughs> pencil laying flat down the center line, and the other one laying horizontally on top of the other pencil. And then you just don't touch it after you are able to balance it on there, and you just say, Charlie, Charlie, are you there? And it just goes whoop to yes. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually had it happen to me once, and I was like, <laughs> so, <laughs> that was in high oh school, God. though. I mean, because, like, that's it's a, it's a little bit different than a Ouija board, too, because... Mm -hmm. You're still Ouija board, the spirit something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, like, since, you know, like, Ouija boards, like, you're actually, like, hands-on, like, the whole time, like, mm -hmm. somebody could be faking it, you know? Yeah. But, bitch, just, like, a pencil and paper without asking, you have, you know, you're just like, bitch, are you there? And it's like, whoop! You know, the pencil turns, and you're just like, oh, shit, I didn't even touch it. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty, that's crazy. It's like literally insane. It's so crazy. It's like totally crazy. It's so crazy. Kill so, can we talk that's about quite um, the story? Yeah. The uh, ideometer effect? Ideometer effect? Okay, so. Fuck be that. That is when. <laughs> so, it's basically a way for your body to talk to itself. So, it's an example of unconscious involuntary physical movement that is we move when we're trying not to move. And it is, uh, hold on. God damn it. <laughs> We're doing good. And it spells out O O P. Its effects are maximized when the subject believes he has no control of their movements. So it's basically. It explains Ouija boards. Like, you're you're like trying to find an ex explanation for what's going on. 
So everybody's kind of like moving it to the same spot, you know? And then also says, so the planchette makes it easier to control your muscle mo movements because it focuses and directs them even while you believe you are in control of them. It's also why the planchette seems to move even more effectively when multiple people are using the planchette at once. It frees everyone's minds to subconsciously generate creepy Ouija board answers together. So, I don't know. It kind of makes sense when one person has a... If let's say you're in a group of like seven people and like one person has a very intense feeling towards like a letter, right? So if that person is kind of like, even if you're like zoning out, your body's gonna like subconsciously move the planchette to that letter. Everyone else who's kind of like letting that person do whatever is just kind of floating there. So they're gonna let the planchette move to that letter. So it kind of makes sense as to why you're going to spell out like a certain word or whatever, you know? So I feel like, I feel like it's, it's very much up to like a subconscious explanation as to why you're moving it. I don't know. I can understand I, where you're coming from with that, but me having personal experiences with it, I'm just like, oh. But like I can I can see it, yeah. Yeah. I mean I Especially if I wasn't the one that had that strong feeling and somebody else in the group did, you know, they could have been like, Oh shit, I'm not meaning to move it but like in reality they're subconsciously moving it because the brain is telling them to. Mm -hmm. You know, but they're yeah. just like, Oh shit, I'm not wanting to do that. Well, even without the subconscious thing, like if you're like your body's gonna wanna pick something, you know? even if it doesn't make sense. So when you start to pick a letter, even if like, let's say you pick like B, right? If you, even if it doesn't make any sense to what you're thinking, you're gonna pick B and then you're gonna start to like make sense of what's around you. And then you're gonna pick other letters as well. So it makes sense as to why you would choose a certain phrase or even like three or four letters in a row as to why you picked that, I guess. So, no. I don't know, I just, I, I've done I've done a Ouija board a lot. <laughs> like I've never had an experience that made any sense like spiritually, I guess. People should to never me. underestimate what their brains can do subconsciously. Yeah. I think the brain is so fucking powerful. The brain is so like, powerful. You can We're do only able whatever to access you want. Like ten percent yeah. of our brain power too. Which well, is crazy. You can That's actually, been disputed. Yeah. Oh, you can it? access almost all of your brain at once. But it's easier for you to turn off certain parts. So you can, like, at all times, your brain is constantly going. But there are certain parts of your brain that are, like, um, like specified to, like, language, uh, pattern recognition, um, like, emotion. So you have to, like, your brain decides when it wants to turn on those certain parts but your brain is always moving. Like when the, when the movie Lucy came out, everyone's mm -hmm. like, "Oh, you only lose, you only use like ten percent of your brain at a time." Like that's a lie. Like you're constantly using almost one hundred percent of your brain. But but it's not all connected. So yeah. it could be it's hard for you to make sense. Like ten percent may be going to your consciousness. Yeah, but then 10 exactly. Maybe going your to brain else. is constantly moving, but you don't even know it. You do, you're not even aware of it. Like even, right now, even while you're asleep, it's firing yeah. off. Like even right now, we're all talking. That's maybe maybe working. ten of our brain, ten percent of our brains are communicating with each other. 
but then the other 90% is like so deep in thought and like in the subconscious mind we can't make sense of what what that part of our brain is thinking you know we an educational podcast <laughs> educational I like when you guys podcast. get educational I, we talk the things and make this teaching stuff. I feel like I make the podcast kind of boring sometimes. No, no, no. That's but actually a great direction. <laughs> I really like no, it. I love it when podcasts. Uh, I just really like science. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say learning, science? Learning about science is like my favorite thing ever. So science is like the best thing ever. <laughs> So, are we going to roll into costumes? Yeah. Oh, costumes. I'd yeah. like to open up with my one of yes. my most favorite costumes ever. Um, uh, one of the first times, like, it was like the year that I fully came out as gay. I had been planning this. <laughs> I had been planning this costume all <laughs> all year. Shut the fuck up. And I decided to dress up as a hooker. <laughs> Um, but okay. no, I literally had like, like mid back length, like blonde literally? wig parted down the side. I had a real fur coat. He was wearing one of like my fuck, like every single thing he was wearing was mine. Everything. <laughs> I was wearing a tube top and mini jean skirt and fishnet stockings. <laughs> oh, and he had these big, beautiful blue polka-dotted eyelashes. My makeup was ridiculous, but bitch, when I tell you I got hit on that night, yes, there's pictures. Bitch, send them over so we can post it on the Instagram. (laughs) I most definitely will. But I was in, like, the 7th or 8th grade. Oh. Wait, okay. (laughs) Honestly, like, and, like, I had, yeah, I had my makeup all, like, fucking all fucked up. I did have some cheetah print nails that I was gonna fucking wear, but should have had no nail glue <laughs> so I couldn't <laughs> but no I got I um, I got hit on a lot I uh, I was whistled at you know that mm-hmm. uh, like oh, three yeah. times oh. and then like five other guys like called out to me and was like hey beautiful and you know me like being funny like said in my most deep man voice hey there <laughs> like how are you doing you know and he's like 14 and, and i'm no, like I so you're that. like hitting on a guy who's dressed as a woman and also under age oh my gosh <laughs> i know what's what what freaked me out the most that night like after i was like you know i was i was feeling myself but like i had just gotten <laughs> home from trick-or-treating bitch yes i was trick-or-treating um, but I had just gotten home from trick-or-treating, and I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go back out with my friends, because they're, you know, just waiting outside for me. So I fucking snatched my wig off my head, took off my la- nylons and my fur coodie, foot coodie, coat. <laughs> what? <laughs> my fur coat. I was literally just wearing the tube top, the mini skirt, and some black high heel boots. Oh my god. And I was just walking around, you know, in my neighborhood and in the park, like, really late at night. And I came to this, like, this group of uh, kids, a couple of them I knew. But this one dude, he fucking got up and he was getting all up on me, like, pressing his chest up against me, like, hey there, baby. And I, I straight up was just like, I was like, you know, I'm a dude, right? And he was like, I don't care. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> And I was like, I can't do nothing. So, oh, shit. Yeah, wow. It was crazy. That was, I mean, like, that, that's why, I, like, 
I will always remember that costume because the fucking uh, it was it was great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Anybody else about costumes? <laughs> um, I guess so. I um. Well, <laughs> okay. So I guess I went as Harley Quinn one year, but like not. Not only one year, but the year that everybody else was Harley Quinn. Listen, listen. <laughs> Not the blue and fucking pink-haired Harley Quinn, but, like, the red-haired, like, you know. The clown. Comic. Yeah, like the Book the yeah. Harlequin. Harley yes. Quinn. Not the one from Arkham Asylum, but the one from the comic Exactly, books. yeah. And Maybe I... Maybe the one from the Batman um, animated series. Yes. Yeah. More that one. Yeah. yeah. So, I did... So, I did that. And I just kind of like, you know, was having a good time. And I feel like I told this on the last podcast. So it doesn't count? No. You just told me. I think I did. Like, I was at the bar and I was like standing on top of the bar. And And you were making out with somebody? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Anyways, if you listen to the last episode, that's what happened. Anyways, so... (laughs) That was my experience. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, Missy, how about you? Missy, tell me you're fucked oh my god. up. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've had better, like, makeup. Not, like, actual Halloween costumes, but, like, my special effects makeup and stuff. Like, I've done uh, the new It Clown. I've done, like... I saw that one. I've done, like, uh... Like, I was a skeleton one year. Uh, I also did... uh, She also did a very beautiful Cheshire cat makeup on my face. Yes, I also did a... uh, What was that little guy called from Saw? Billy? (laughs) Jigsaw? Yes. Little guy. (laughs) That little guy, that little (laughs) puppet guy. The little Uh, puppet's name is Billy. Oh, is it? Yes. Well, I did him... The mastermind's name is Jigsaw, but the puppet itself, his name is Billy. Oh. We an educational podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know. Okay, anyways. (laughs) But I've done a couple of clowns, too. Uh, I I think one of my favorite costumes was the one that I posted on Instagram about uh, when... At on our Texans and Floridians episodes, where I was a purge person, because I could wear a mask mm-hmm. and just wear like edgy ass clothes and just like be hidden. Yeah, I mean, I saw the it makeup on your Facebook, and it was really, really fucking good. Like I thought it was photoshopped. It was so good. Really? Yeah. Like I had to message you, be like, "Was that legit?" And you're like, "That was legit." And I was like, "All right." But... <laughs> Yeah. Plug in your fucking um art Facebook. Uh no, because I don't updated it. Oh. U- updated it. <laughs> updated it. Literally, the well, last should, time I posted really on that page was like a year ago in November. Well, it's really good. You're you're really good. So. Anyways. Know. Think about that. So, what is our uh, current Halloween costumes? What are we gonna be this year? Yeah. Um, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> but wait. 
Are you gonna be freaking for me? Okay, so my original my original idea was to dress up on my birthday um, as like a like a dark like old Renaissance like you know fucking bitch like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I had, uh, I have this, like, uh, really beautiful, uh, Renaissance dress that's, uh, black and has a green and, like, kind of colorful, like, shiny trim, and, uh, I left it with my old choir teacher at my high school, and I still haven't been able to get it back yet, uh, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get it back, and I also still haven't been able to buy a corset, and it won't be here in time. Uh, so my second idea would have been to be Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, I would love that. But I, you could do I, I mean, I feel like I couldn't without a corset. Like the corset is like the main part of the outfit. I mean, I might be able to get some like I pink mean, dish gloves and like a like a you know doctor's gown. But like, that's Dude. boring. Like if I'm gonna fucking. You Be the sweet transvestite freaking for You could do it. Get the gown with like the triangle and like you know what I mean? Like you could do it. I could but You like, could fucking do it. Fine. The eyebrows <laughs> with like the black, like, you know, the thing. I mean I really like I really want to be able to try out the makeup. I mean I would just die. because I haven't been Wait, able to try are it. Are we out gonna yet. like off the podcast? Are we gonna like play the entire soundtrack and like A word that that soundtrack is definitely going to be because on... I'm ready. No, like that that entire soundtrack is going to be on the pay- playlist, like okay, my music playlist, mm-hmm. at Misty because she's making my playlist. <laughs> I already got a playlist. <laughs> if it's not on there, you need to. Dude, add it. that's like my favorite. Like, I love that movie. Um, speaking about that, I actually just recently uh, exposed Tristan to that movie. Yeah, I really like. Have it. you ever been to like an? Like, oh a my show? god, no! But I, I have been to so two of them. What? Yes. They're talking about Rocky Horror Picture Show, Dude. by the way. Okay, guys. the first one I went to, I was in college, and they went to, the, like, the crowd, and, like, so, if, okay, if you saw the show, you've never been to a show, you were a slut. If you, you were ever, a virgin. You were a slut, for some reason. And, what? like, if you saw the movie, you, okay, if you've never saw the movie, you never saw the show, you were a virgin. Okay. They took, like, red lipstick, and they put the V on your forehead. If you saw the movie, but you never saw the show, you were a slut, and then if you saw the movie, you never saw... Wait, if you saw... If you saw both? Yes. Then you were a masturbator. Like, you got the M on your forehead. Oh, God. And... <laughs> I, thought, I thought they, like, threw toast at you. Yeah, for real. Yeah. That throws toast? Yeah. Yeah, if you're, if you're a virgin... Well, there's certain... Okay. You. You're given, oh. like, a prop, like, pack... And during certain parts of the movie, you have to do, like, certain things. Say certain so, things. So, like, when, like, yeah. when, like, Janet and Brad find the mansion... You're given, like, um, the newspaper to, like, put over your head. Aren't the guys, like, given, like, a spray bottle to, like, imitate the rain? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, so great. It's, like, I, an experience. I, I would love, I would love to have that it's type so of experience. It's so fun. Yeah. I, like I wish, I wish the Mountain Home could, like, Oh, my God. The Twin Lakes that. Playhouse. Being able to just, Dude, like. Dude, you imagine? Like, that would be so fuck? fun. I would Oh, die. my God. I would, I would audition to be. I would be Columbiana. Oh like, I'm ready. I'm ready to be Columbiana. I would audition to be freaking murder. Straight up. Dude. Like, I'd be, like, I'm a sweet transvestite. <laughs> you know? Like, yes. I would rock I, it. But yeah. we all know they would never. I know. They would never. Exactly. In this yeah. area. That's sad. It sucks. But, uh, if they did, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for real. So, Tristan, what's your what's your favorite past costume? Well, I actually haven't really uh, done a lot of Halloween costumes. I've always been kind of a, a, a dork about it. Just kind of... 
staying in and being lame. But I'm really just now starting to um, appreciate the art that is Halloween costuming. So uh, I feel like I'm, I'm coming on to a renaissance in my life. Oh, yes. Where I, uh, I I need to experiment with with these sorts of things. So I figured, why not start out s- strong? And I'm just gonna be Marilyn Manson for uh, this for a PJ's birthday party. So I'm talking uh, white makeup, eyes, lips, nails, full <laughs> full Wait. look. Is that what you're going to do this Saturday? I'm going to be Marilyn Manson. <gasps> this Saturday. PJ's birthday party. PJ's birthday party. PJ's birthday it's party. Gonna fucking everything. It's going to be so fun. Fucking everything. Oh. I'm Marilyn Manson. Um, PJ's going to be uh, something. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure because he I'm doesn't I'm literally going to have to paint his face. Like, I'm going to have to beat that bitch's face. Honestly, though, I'm probably just going to be a cat or a witch. That's that's just as simple as, like, you know. <laughs> well, I'm going to be Death from the Marvel comic books, and Ooh. my husband is going to be Deadpool. That's going to be awesome. I'm going to be Hopper from Stranger Things. Catch me with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Pictures will be posted. If I don't confuse your sexuality on Saturday, I didn't do my job. <laughs> God damn it. Bitch. I'm fucking ready. You guys need to stop getting so <laughs> close to the fucking microphone. You're being I'm very sultry with this microphone. I know. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> the, I can't help it. The next thing I know, they're going to be like caressing the microphone. Stop. Do not <laughs> touch it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You guys are too lit right now. <laughs> so is that all we have for costumes? I think so. I mean, like, so. I've had I've had a good mix of costumes in my life. I mean, like, I've I've been I I used to plan my costumes out very meticulously. Almost weren't every you year. Finn from Adventure Time? Yes, I was Finn from Adventure Time. Yes. I love that. I'm and I can't find the costume anywhere. Like, I really I used to wanted have a to be costume. Marceline at some point. That would have so killed. That would be great. Um, I I was a fallen angel one year. If we all did Adventure Time characters. Oh yes. Uh, Princess Bubblegum. We all know that you'd be Princess Bubblegum. <laughs> yeah. I love her. You would, would be, be you would be Lemon Crab. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you say those words to me? Unacceptable! Stop! Lemon Crab. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow. Oh my god. LSP? LSP want to be Lemon Hope. Oh my god, you guys. <laughs> LSP, though? I would be LSP. Yes. PJ, PJ's soul embodies LSP. I am Marceline, down to yeah. my core. I guess I, guess I feel that. <laughs> so I'm Lemon Grab. Yes. That's me. Unacceptable. Damn. I'm trying to think who else I could be besides. Besides Finn, but you could be Jake. Because I'm pretty close, like physiologically, physically to Finn. Huh? Who? Jake? I could be Jake. We could be Finn and Jake. <gasps> Couples costume. <laughs> what? Yeah. Hold on. Yes. Hold on. Hold on. What if you were Stop. Finn and I was Flame Princess? Whoa. Oh no. Oh! 
I would scream I would my kill myself. That's a pretty damn good brain. idea. I would kill myself. I would kill myself. <laughs> That's a pretty ready. damn good idea. <laughs> I would put Just the costume on, when. see him in his costume, be like, all right, it's time to die. <laughs> Period. You know what? And that's exactly what Flying Princess would do, so. (laughs) Don't stop. Okay. I I like that idea quite a bit. Yeah. Maybe Maybe not this Halloween, because I'm pretty stuck on Manson, but next Halloween? Shit. You need to chill out with that straw. You are molesting that straw over there? Um, I couldn't put it in my mouth. So. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So I Anyways. guess we're gonna talk to some ghosts. Wait, are we gonna do like a thing? Yes. Are we, we have really gonna- to? <gasps> I need I'm to. I'm ready. Oh, wait, wait, we are. wait, what do you mean? We're gonna do like a like a Ouija board? Yes. Stop. I'm ready. Yes. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> she just yeeted her hat. Jill is like Hold leaving. Let me make She's the like, board. I'll be right back. Wait, <laughs> we're still recording. What are you doing? <laughs> I care. Come back. I have to make it anyways. I'm keeping this all. <laughs> Good. Sit down. We need to Why? sign off. What? What do you mean? We're about to do a Ouija board. Yeah. We need to sign off. Okay, fine. Like, we're done talking. Yeah, we are. <laughs> God damn it. So apparently we're done talking. So Jill is very fucked up and we're about to do some I'm ghost, fine. Some ghostly She's activities. Um, anyway, I just love doing this. Shut the fuck up. Anyways, (laughs) Misty, I think that you're the one that's fucked up too much. No, I'm actually checking at its finest. Don't fucking call me out like that, bitch. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed this crazy ass episode. It's almost two and a half hours long. Socials, socials, don't forget about the socials. Don't remind me of my own podcast. <laughs> I can remind you of whatever the fuck I want to. <laughs> Anyways, so we are on Facebook at Let's Shoot the Shit. And it is what, Jill? What is it? Are you dead inside? It's Let's Shoot the Stuff. <laughs> And why is it called that shit? The stuff on Facebook because they don't allow cursing. You're yelling at the audience. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I'm trying to quickly wrap it up. Okay, and Instagram is at let's shoot under. No, (laughs) no, that's not it. We're on Instagram at let's underscore shoot the shit and peep those costume ideas and. Other shit on fa- on no Instagram. <laughs> okay, anyways. Let me let me plug my socials. Real no, quick, PJ, though. shut the fuck. Up. No, I'm gonna plug no. my socials. Um, go follow me on Instagram at wtf.is.a.pj, <laughs> and then go follow me on Twitter at pensqueeze. Stop yelling in the microphone. <laughs> go ahead, Tristan. And I'm go at ahead. I'm at doddle.doodles on Instagram. That's uh, D A W D L E. He is our resident doodles. Our residential artist. Resident cartoon. Uh, I, I'm the resident cartoonist. I do the uh, graphic design for the <laughs> Let's Shoot the Shit podcast. And you guys. And are... I also do my own thing. Oh, and, oh. And you guys. Have are... you seen our podcast logo? It's it's really good. Because guess who did it? Me. 
Exactly. Tristan. Hell yeah. You better fucking go solicit fucking him work. for some goddamn fucking artwork and follow that fucking Instagram and, page. And pay, go to his go to, pay bitch, him I, pay him money. I work very cheap. I'm basically a slave. Exactly. Go to his website. Order stuff. <laughs> and my website is uh, www.doddledoodles.com. There you can buy uh, custom pet goods and apparel. You can buy my designs on shirts and aprons and mugs and what have you. And it is quite the wonderful thing. It's a very cute website. Check it out. And I'm uploading designs up, up there uh, all the time. So give it a look-see, why don't you? Yes. Faux show. Who you and fucking kidding? Nah, give it a fucking look-see. What else are you going to do today? Oh, Jill, thought. <laughs> Honestly, though, like you have the time to listen to two and a half hours worth of our exactly. rambling. I don't you know. can go look I think you have a two humble boys to website. go fucking Google that. I don't That's know why thought. we still have listeners at this <laughs> point. A humble boys, humble boys. <laughs> All we do is threaten. We're like, if you don't fucking come at us with those listener stories. Listener stories. Yes, for real, because they will shame Stop. you publicly. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, so anyways, we're wrapping this up. I hope you guys have a good fucking spoopy ass shit this Halloween. <laughs> like literal shit. Like if you're in the bathroom and a ghost be all up on you, you know, you gotta shit on them, bro. Okay. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Um oh wait, 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 wait. Did you um did you guys miss anything? Is there anything like well, are you Are you gonna talk about what you're doing next week? Okay, so Perfect. we don't know what we're talking about next week yet, because um, we're a little too lit right now, but I'm sure it'll be something cool and great and fucking lit, so fucking lit. Uh, check us out on our socials, what? we'll see you guys next week, socials. and I hope you guys have a happy ass motherfucking Halloween, bitch. Halloween! Bye! Bye, guys! Bye! Bye.